Welcome to the Ether. Today is Sunday, May 1st, 2022. Today on the Ether, part one of a two part Cosmos Spaces Space Cosmos Scaling Solutions, hosted by Cosmos Haas. Let's take a listen. So, we got kind of a big plate today. We got Pylons, Dimension, Sienna's going to stop by, Ermos. So, probably end the show more on uh, Evmos types of uh, things that are going on, it's like updates and what's going on i'm pretty excited for it to be honest with you maybe it's just me having hopium because how crap the market has been but you know i've been messing around with it i've been having i've been having a little bit of fun messing around with evmos pretty cool nfts on their um orbits and uh yeah i mean I, i've been like a part of a couple of the communities over on evmos and there's been a lot of eth people so i mean like i say, i always preach it you know once you come over to cosmos you're not going to leave so you're going to have a i always call it a customer experience your customer experience is going to be good you're going to like what you you know whatever whatever i don't care what blockchain is or what app you're using you're going to have a good experience so you're going to stay it's just it's just getting the people over here that's all yeah dude i need me one of those orbital apes dude they're freaking tight (laughs) yeah they're so cool Um, man like they just like reached out to me and i'm like yeah man I, i just like checked out checked out their um you know, essentially that you get you're like the OG of of Evmos with that thing. That's what I kind of gathered out of it. And I don't know if you've checked out the Orbits marketplace, but it's pretty cool. You know, there's been a decent amount of mints already, but they they're they're not really going to take off until you know Evmos is like readily available throughout Osmosis and other dexes and stuff like that. And uh, but yeah, I've been enjoying my. I guess I don't I don't want to badmouth it, but my uh, MetaMask experience hasn't been bad. I just think a lot of it's just whenever you have to use like ETH as gas, and it just kind of aggravates you. But for Evmos, you don't have to, so it's smooth. Yeah, I was wondering because like I know that MetaMask has been around for a while. It's safe, it's good, but like considering all the Kepler issues <laughs> that we're having, I wasn't you know I expected there to be some MetaMask issues too. But it looks like it's all solved. Um, but I know we have Antoine. You've had your hand up for a little bit. What's up, bud? Hey, how are you? Good, good, um, <clears throat> good Sunday for all. And I just want to say, uh, I tried Edmos this weekend, was okay. I checked all my MetaMask and um, I I got lucky because uh, I have the, the record drop in all of my MetaMask. So uh, my question is, do you have any idea where when is it going to be uh, able to transfer my Atmos from MetaMask to Kepler wallet? Uh, I, I, I think the, that's uh, really relationed with the implementation of Osmosis, right? But that's it. That's my question. I'm chilling out with you guys. 
Have a good weekend. Thanks for stopping by. Yeah, so uh, did you make sure that your Evmos, because when you look at Evmos on Kepler, you get two addresses. You get, you know, basically the IBC address, and then also you get the MetaMask address. Did you ensure that those are both the same? Oh, man, uh, I haven't checked uh, with, with my Kepler. I don't know how to get my Evmos address because my Evmos says Evmos and uh, besides it's uh, better, you know, mm-hmm. better uh, on Kepler. So the, the addresses aren't uh, the same. My address from MetaMask is like an Ethereum address. But this address from Kepler starts with the Evmos word, so I, I, I don't have a clue how to... Um... So, a- Antoine, um, you actually just need your seed phrase for MetaMask, and you need to put that into your Kepler address. So you would, or vice versa. Yeah, or vice versa. Yeah. So it's actually really simple if you have Evmos on MetaMask to actually just be able to use it on Kepler doing it that way. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And what happens with my my actual Kepler? Uh, well, you still have your actual the, Kepler, but it, you're just making a new wallet using the MetaMask uh, seed phrase. Yeah. So, Ant- oh, okay. Antoine, Thanks. I I, I'm going to try that. Yeah, I did it the reverse way. So the reason why I did that is because I collected seventy five percent of my rec drop, and for the other twenty five, you had to interact with an ETH contract. So basically, like diffusion. And what I did was I just uploaded my seed phrase from Kepler into a new MetaMask. And then um, then I had, you know, it's essentially uh, coordinated with one another. So I can have my Evmos show on my Kepler and also on my MetaMask address, like my wallet. So it's pretty cool. And oh. basic, basically on Evmos, for the most part, I mean, I'm sure they're going to have fully integrated Kepler eventually, but for the start, it's essentially to branch over the people so they're used to using Meta to get into to uh, Cosmos. So that's kind of like their thing. It seems like like all the applications right now are just using MetaMask. Yeah, and and the bridges, uh, I checked the bridges, and it's only with MetaMask. You know, uh, I couldn't uh, know how to use the bridge to send from Atmos to uh, a Cosmos a Cosmos uh, blockchain. It, it isn't available yet, I think, but it's good, it's good. I, I'm really happy because you, you can get to Avax, Matic. Uh, I think every every single network with, with any of these bridges, even BNB and Aurora from Near Protocol, which is great. Yep. All right, man. Uh, we're going to start off with Michael. I, I guess it's, I want to say if I say it right, Sophia? Yeah, Sophia. So we were on a call not too long ago and it was really good conversations i could tell like michael would be a guy that i would hang out with in real life he's brilliant and his application and his uh his idea with the blockchain is like pretty cool and he's going to talk about that today so i'm really excited to hear more and for you guys maybe for the first time understand what pylons is trying to do so go ahead michael thanks for stopping by wow thanks for the uh thanks for the amazing intro um mm-hmm. yeah you know i'm i've been um I've been a blockchainer for a while. I've been, uh, I, I built a Bitcoin exchange in 2013 with some friends of mine. Uh, that's how I got into the space. 
And um, I'm, I've just been really, really, you know, because I was in consumer web before that, and I've really been trying to find a way to to get this technology to be something that everyone can use that like operates at scale. You know, I think you saw, we saw last night, well, it's like, like half a million dollars, I don't know, millions of dollars in gas fees, right? At least half a million dollars in wasted gas fees and millions and millions of dollars in gas fees because of the, because of the ape, ape thing. And it's just like, you know, what that does is it restricts the community to people who can afford that kind of risk. And that's just not that many people. And so Pylons was really about figuring out how do we make blockchain technology scalable in like a in like a user way. And that means like a mobile wallet that's really easy to use. It means a blockchain that doesn't charge gas fees. It means like a set of primitives for that blockchain that are easy to program um, that don't allow you to do things like lock up, you know, $80 million in a way that nobody can ever recover it. Um, and uh, yeah, so we've, we've, you know, been building this thing for a couple of years and we just did our first sort of like mini drop last week. And then, you know, because we're constantly evolving, we, we wound up resetting the chain as we develop, as we delivered a feature. And so we archived all the stuff we dropped, but like, we're waiting to do it again. Um, you know, and we're going to, you know, we're going to keep building. We're in our incentivized testnet mode as of like, re- like this week. And then, um, you know, it's going to, the chain will probably keep resetting for a little while, but then mainnet's come in and in Q4. And I am, you know, I'm very excited for sort of the culmination of like everything I've sort of been yelling about to everyone for a long time and, and, you know, having gotten a chance to actually build it and, and see if I was right. Yeah, that's awesome. So tell, I mean, I, I'm the worst with this uh, Twitter space, like pinning things on, but can you guys, can you tell everyone when you were saying about what you had going on and then you had to pause it? Like, I know I downloaded your app on iOS and then there was a uh, NFT and, and essentially if you can kind of go more into, I guess I always call it customer experience, like customer service, like how, I mean, it was very smooth and like the idea that you got, you have going on to essentially, I guess, make it so if people don't even know they're using crypto, so to speak. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, there's a, there's a, a bunch of pieces of that question. Um, so, you know, we have been trying really hard to make the app something that's accessible to people who um, are not, uh, you know, crypto people, right? People who don't, don't know what these things are and, and don't have the context to navigate, um, you know, the, the things that are hard about crypto wallet apps. So we, we're trying to build a crypto wallet app that's usable for sort of the general public. Um, that's just like, hey, you know, here's your stuff. That's it. Right. And like in terms of backing up your seed phrase, trying to be like, hey, like, hey, you have some stuff like here's here's this like thing that you sort of have to understand. Right. You have to write this stuff down or you have to like back it up to iCloud. And if you lose your iCloud, all this stuff, and, you know, that's education we have to do. And there's no way around it. But we're trying to sort of not do more, not bring in more concepts from crypto than then sort of, you know, we absolutely need to. And seed phrase is pretty much going to be the only one as far as we can, uh, as far as we can manage it. The app doesn't natively, the app and the chain don't have a native token. So Pylons is, is sort of not interested in trying to like put its token between the users and what they want to do. So, you know, our first, um, 
our first drop was done with uh, test mode US dollars. So you put in a fake credit card and it processes the credit card transaction on the on Stripe's network and authorizes the purchase. And then we issue the NFT. So, you know, that's going to be one of our primary ways that we sell items and not just sell items, but authorize transactions of whatever kind. So if you wanted to like, you know, if you wanted to like upgrade a, an item or like there's a particular like, you know, you wanted to buy a ticket or there's a particular, um, you know, battle that you want to pay two dollars to have it to have a more increased odds or something. All of that stuff you can process directly through a credit card and and never involve cryptocurrency. And I think that's going to be a lot. A, a much easier way for for people, regular people to get into the digital items space because people. You know, people are used to digital items. They've had it in computer games for a long time. And people are very skeptical of cryptocurrency. And I think a better moment to get cryptocurrency is when you, you know, is later on, if you choose to sell that thing, you might want to sell it for cryptocurrency. And then you're in a moment where money is sort of what you're interested in. And you're interested in like new kinds of money. Um, And we support like IBC. So the idea would be if you want to sell for Adam or for ETH, you can bring that, you can just price in that and people can bring those currencies in over bridges over IBC and buy that stuff from you in the currency that you request on pylons without having to pay any fees in the pylon, in any kind of pylon specific currency. And we sort of take, we take commission in the, in the currency you pay in basically. So we're, we're sort of really trying to be like from a usability perspective as like, um, as as sort of like smooth and unobtrusive as we possibly can yeah that's awesome i that i know that's the main barrier for everyone and then you know when i had that conversation with you it was very engaging if uh you could just kind of tell people what how did you find ibc what was your first interaction with ibc and um you know where did i know you said about being building the bitcoin exchange but what really kind of brought your attention to IBC, so to speak. Yeah, I, so I was um, chief technology officer of a fund called BKCM, which um, which is a crypto-focused hedge fund out of New York City. And um, this was 2016. We had just started this fund. I was brought in by uh, one of my very best friends who I had known since we were eight. And, um, and he had met this guy, Jay Kwan, at some conference and was like, Michael, you need to meet Jay. He is like the genius of the space. And I was like, all right, dude, sure. So we flew Jay out from Berkeley to New York. And I, we, I basically like grilled him on the mathematics of distributed consensus and like, and, you know, the like details of what IBC relaying would actually look like for like a day. You know, it was like an eight hour, just like, you know, just grilled him on math. And he was just like, he was legit. Um, you know, and I, I, I don't even remember. I mean, that was six years ago or whatever. So I, I couldn't tell you what he said, you know, and I'm way less close to my like cryptographer days than I was at the time. So, but um, yeah, it, he was impressive. And we, uh, that fund did the seed round for the Atom um, based on sort of, you know, that conversation. So, you know, I just, he, he basically pitched it in to me in 2016 and I, basically immediately, you know, in, in over the course of a day was like, yeah, you're right. This is the answer to blockchain scalability. And I've basically been a Cosmos Maxi since then. All right. So tidbitting off of that, 
did you invest in Luna right away? No, you know, I only invested in Luna recently. Um, I think I've always been interested in like um, in being friendly from a you know being sort of regulatable in a way that can be mass market. And Doe is sort of not interested in that. Doe is interested in being unregulatable in a way that can be mass market. And so, um, you know, it, it wasn't a natural fit for me at first, but I've started to see like some, some interesting stuff that he's been doing. Um, you know, at first I was just like, oh, this is just like, he's just stealing Ethan's work. You know, he's just like, he's just taking Cosmwasm and like putting it up and, and not giving anything to Ethan. And it's like kind of shitty behavior. And it took me a while to, to realize that he's doing things that I think are really interesting beyond sort of like using Cosmwasm. And so I've been, I have been starting to get more and more Luna and actually you can, um, you can uh, buy items and, and price your NFTs and, and experiences on pylons in Luna and in uh, UST. So, you know, we do sort of natively, we are planning to be part of the Luna ecosystem. Um, you know, it's, we're not making a lot of noise about it, but, um, but once things get up and running, you know, we're going to try to find some people who are in that community and have asked them to make some art and price it in those currencies and, and see if we can, um, see if we can make a, a pitch to be part of, you know, a, a part of, of, of that crew, because I think there is something uh, fascinating going on there. And I love, I mean, like, you know, the purchase, him buying Bitcoin is like, um, you know, I, I, I really like that just from like a, just from like a style perspective, it makes sense. And it's very stylish. So, um, you know, I, I like that. Yeah. He's kind of, uh, the, the Jay is kind of a funny guy. He's like a cavalier, man. He has like that, that mantra about him, but that, that would have been amazing to have pre-conversations kind of before that all went together because to be honest with you i mean not that i was really grinding in crypto back in but it took i mean i didn't even buy luna really until actually the first time i ever got it was the very first day i got on osmosis which i can't remember when that was but yeah then i found out about it after that you know it was like man what was i doing this is this uh stable algorithmic uh burn mechanism with luna and ust to me was like really revolutionary and uh yeah, I mean, I do get that. If I would have met him back then and I would have been full into crypto, I'd have been kind of worried too. Like, man, he's kind of too confrontational. Like, they're going to just take this out of the market. But yeah, I mean, it's I mean, it's just so big now. And, you know, yeah. not not that well, I care about prices all, all that much, but, you know, Luna's been kind of just holding its own. And it really makes me bullish for the future of Luna. So, yeah. Well, I don't I don't know that Doquan and Jake are Jokon and Jaquan related. Oh no! I'm sorry. I just had a complete. Yeah, I just had a complete um, brain fart. Yeah, no, I don't think they. Are. I don't know. Are they? They have the same names at most. Right? It's not the. It's a relatively common Korean name. Um, I don't think they're related. No. I mean, they are sort of like leading the two biggest projects in the Cosmos ecosystem. Um, so there's definitely like, you know, reason to to talk about both of them uh, in the same breath. Um, but yeah, like I think you know, Jay, Jay and Joe are very different. They're very sure. Yeah, I just had a brain fart. They're completely opposites when it comes to like their. Yeah, yeah, I got what you mean. 
Um, and Jay is like, you know, I, I think I have always been more sort of like how Jay presents himself as like very much kind of like a nerdy math type. Um, most of my life, you know, and Doe, I feel like comes off as like a cult leader, um, which has sort of not been how I roll in my in my day to day. But he's he's doing some really cool stuff. They're both doing really cool stuff in like very different ways. Have you seen um, Jay's new project? Um, the, the G, what is it called? Gino, Gino. I don't know. I don't know how to pronounce it. You know. Or no, or no is probably no, just no. Yeah, yeah. It's you know, it's fascinating. It's like very, very deeply different from other smart contracting platforms. And Pylons is also very different from other smart contracting platforms. So I'm like very, I'm like really like interested in that. But I haven't really wrapped my head around it. Like I don't really understand it, and I feel like I really should take the time to try to understand what it does and how it works. Um, you know, he's like the drama. Are you following the drama over the Cosmos yeah. Republic right now? Somewhat. Yeah. I mean, I, I have been a little bit, but I haven't been like digging in, man. I'll, to be honest with you, ever since I hate to blame Juno, but ever since 16, I just try to stay away from all the drama because I, don't, well, I, I my time's limited and then I don't want to get involved with that type of stuff. But yeah, I mean, it's pretty big. So if you can, for the people out there to maybe just kind of like me kind of look here and there about the, the, like the drama, can you just touch on that? Yeah. So, you know, um, Cosmwasm has become a little bit of like a touchstone for the Cosmos community. We've seen it, um, you know, it, it's it's in osmosis now, right? Osmosis was originally built with custom you know, custom uh, go, but they've implemented Cosmwasm. Stargaze is built on Cosmwasm. Luna is built on Cosmwasm. You know, um, it, there's a bunch of chains coming out that are, you know, going to be built on Cosmwasm. And it's kind of becoming this, like, this, like, you know, lingua franca of the Cosmos ecosystem. And so there was a proposal. People were like, well, let's put it on the hub. So that, you know, it's not like people can, it's not like anybody can just run a contract, but so that the hub developers can write hub code in Cosmosm instead of in Go, because it'll be faster to develop, right? Like we, and we want to keep the hub moving. We want to keep shipping features to the hub. And, you know, because everyone's writing in Cosmosm right now, we should deploy Cosmosm to the hub and then we can write features in Cosmosm. And Jay Kwan, um, you know, who's the original envisioner of the hub um, really does not want that and is waging a very sort of hard edged campaign. Now he, Jay Kwan is not a diplomat. Like he, he goes hard all the time. And so, you know, he's out there saying you should vote no with veto. This will destroy the purpose of the hub. Um, which is, you know, as he frames it, hub minimalism, which is basically the idea that the hub's job is to be super, super reliable, you know, connected to exchanges, some, uh, something that everyone can count on to always work, always work the same way, be scalable, you know, do what it does, you know, very well, right? And his position is putting this extra virtual machine in the hub will slow everything down, will create opportunities for things to go wrong. Um, 
and will generally like make the hub, you know, he thinks the hub should not be trying to like be chasing in like a feature count way, other chains, whereas a hub should sort of sit where it is and like, you know, hub as hard as it can. And, you know, the, um, you know, Jack Zamplin, who really is a diplomat, is out there, um, you know, making a case that the hub should continue to um, continue to to like move as fast as it can, add features as fast as it can. And, you know, he um, was very was probably instrumental in um, in sort of bringing the Juno community together again after Prop, Prop 16 and giving it a path forward. Um, cause there was a lot of chaos and he's just like, a um, a really fantastic, um, you know, diplomat in the space and, and able to build a consensus in, in times when other people might think it's not possible. So, you know, we're sort of seeing, um, the, the hub Mac, the hub, the hub sort of like people who want to see new stuff on the hub, like come up against jay and people who just want to see the hub like stay doing what it is and he's he's now said he won't give his airdrop to people who are like pushing for the no the no airdrop won't go to people who are pushing for this extra hub stuff and it's um it's really a battle i think it's i think it's like one of the things that i love about this space about cosmos is that there's no leader it's the only blockchain that has a really meaningful development process going on that's really shipping code that doesn't have one person in charge of what gets shipped. So it's the only real open source project of the major blockchains in that way. And it's just like, I think in the end, it's really healthy, but it's very exciting to watch. Too bad if we can't just clip that little phrase that you said right there, because that, that would be the very good good stuff right there that was exactly how cosmos is and i know when we had our conversation what kind of resonated with me and it's a little bit uh, tech talk but can you allude to basically why it's good to build on cosmos like you you were saying about you can take it's open source but then you can also alter it so if you can kind of just touch on what you guys have done with you know basically ibc um yeah so you know, we have had to bite off a huge, huge chunk of what of of a of a platform of a stack, right? We've built a, a blockchain. We didn't have to build because of the Cosmos SDK. We didn't have to build a consensus engine, right? Or like a, a you know a Merkle tree data storage system. But we had to build a set of blockchain transactions. We had to build a mobile wallet. We had to build an SDK for apps that are built to use that mobile wallet. And then we had to build demo apps for the SDK. Plus we had to build a block explorer, you know, um, and now we're building a, a nicer website. There's just like what we had to do to sort of get to where we want to be in the space is really, really massive. And if we had also had to try to launch a cryptocurrency or like build bridges, I don't think it would have been possible. Like it was really, it was a, it was a really massive technical stretch for us and, and a really aggressive um, technical vision. And it was only possible because of the Cosmos ecosystem, because of IBC and because of the way the community works and like the welcoming nature, right, of the community where we can say, he here's this chain, you know, it's kind of like really most interesting in an IBC mode. We want to like 
build relayers. And I went out to all of these validators, you know, valid people who validate the Cosmos Hub, people who validate Osmosis, right? And Juno and like some of the big projects in the space. And I was like, hey, will you validate my chain that you've never heard of and run a relayer, you know, which is actually really expensive and a bunch of work, you know, and I can't promise you anything. And we're like this tiny little startup and, but will you run validators for us? And basically like a lot of people who are like quite high level people said, yes, they're like really excited about bringing about new ideas in the space, about bringing new chains into IBC gang. And it's just been like, great, you know, um, we're, we're bringing in, we're bringing in stable coins of various kinds where, you know, we're talking to, you know, I've been talking a lot to Shane of Stargaze about moving items from pylons into Stargaze when the marketplace goes up there. There's just like a lot of really, everyone's been really, really helpful and welcoming and like, you know, wanting to work together. And, and I think that if, if we were in, I don't know, look, it's a different model, right? If you're in Solana or whatever, and really all you're doing is like there's one VC that's in charge of like the Solana ecosystem fund and either they're your friend or they're not. And that's it. Right. And Cosmos, the Cosmos community is much more of like, you know, the, the people who, who really build and operate, there's a bunch of different groups that have like meaningful power and authority and, and weight in the space. And I really love that. Definitely. So, I mean, we at Cosmos Spaces run a validator. So say we got involved with like pylons. How does like the, I know you said you don't have gas fees, but how does that work for the validators? Like how do they get commissions? Yeah. So, you know, if you look at how, how mobile games work right now, um, the vast majority of money that's being made in mobile games is being made in free to play games, which means that most players never spend any money and the ones that do most of their interactions are not spending money right so they'll most like you know 90 percent of players play and never spend any money and they get you give them whatever tools right and then there's a percentage of players that spends a little money to like get better heroes or better equipment or like more you know upgrade points or whatever and then there's a few people that spend ten thousand dollars a month on your game and, um, you know, they do it because it puts them ahead of the curve. There's, you know, a whole bunch of other people playing your game. And there's a few people who just have a massive amount of money and they really spend. And that is the economics of mobile games right now. And, you know, I design pylons to basically fit into that world. So, you know, you can do basically anything you want for free on the chain. There's no gas. You just do the transaction, right? But um, when there is a transaction that has payment, we take a commission, right? So it's, it operates very much like the App Store. The App Store takes 30% of these, of like the money that these games make, you know? Um, so they're making whatever, a million bucks a day. You know, the App Store is making $300,000 a day off of this game, right? Um you know, we are, we are going to take 10% of um, paid transactions on the network. So although transactions never have gas fees, which is like a fee to actually execute code, when you make a payment on the network, the network takes a commission. And then the validators set their delegation, you know, commission, and they take their percentage of that. So the network takes 10%. If you were to set your validator at 10%, you would then get 1%. And so if there's an app on the network making a million bucks a day, which is sort of like the puzzle and dragons touchstone, um, then you're making 10 grand a day, 
on on that app. So whenever you have whenever Genesis goes live, how many validators do you have anticipate having on your active set? Um, so we are expanding from forty to um, a notional eighty something over the next few days, and we're going to see how many of those people. You know, we had five hundred applications. We're going to see how many of our existing validators are still paying enough attention to like go through the upgrade process and remain in the active set. And then how many of the people who got in actually like go through the, you know, necessary sign up process and, and agree to KYC and stuff to get into the um, validated testnet active set. But I, you know, we're targeting about 80 and then we'll see as we push our scalability testing through the next few months, whether how big we can make that validator set without making things get too slow. Um, you know, I don't think we'll get to 125, which some of these chains are at, but um, you know, that's, that's sort of around where we want to be. I mean, we want to, we want to have as many as we can, right. Without slowing the network down. Yeah. I was going to say for people out there listening, typically the more validators you have, the slower, you know, the, the network is. So you, when you're running like what you guys are trying to do, you don't want to have too many validators cause that's not going to be good for, I get, like I said, customer experience. So, um, yeah. so like, again, without technically having a token, what would I mean? I don't know if you have these figures or not, but what would the like the 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 bottom of the barrels, so to speak, be when it comes to the USD value to be an active validator? I have no idea. Um, I haven't thought about that at all. Uh, the you know, the reason why yeah, I was gonna say the reason I asked that is because we're just a bunch of we're a group of guys that try to provide education and content to cosmonauts and just crypto in general, and we we are on. A few different validators, like we have Osmosis, Atom, Comdex, uh, Evmos, uh, NGM. So, but the thing is, with us, unfortunately, we haven't been in at the very beginning, and it's just it's kind of hard, you know. Like we have the Osmosis one when they expanded, and I have like super, you know, I get I get anxiety because it's like, oh, we're we're only you know seven or whatever from the bottom and it's just like we want to stay on the active set but it's yeah. like i feel like if you get in at the beginning like we're in we're in genesis for um evmos and we're way up on the, you know we're way higher on the list so there's like no anxiety it's just like okay and we've had conversations i don't know maybe if you've ever thought of this but even with like osmosis we're always thinking of ideas to try to decentralize the network more so it's not so top heavy i don't know if they would use like inverted rankings or like how that would work but you know because like i feel like if you're a newbie and you just got you know you just use osmosis for the first time you're like you know what i'm gonna stake some osma you're gonna click and then you're probably just gonna pick someone in the top 10 like you're not gonna go like it's just human nature you're not gonna scroll the way through and go you know what hey there's cosmos spaces they're all the way down at the very bottom let me just throw some to them you know so i was trying to I'll throw you some. Don't worry. Um, nice. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I've slowly started. So I, um, because I knew Jay back in the day, like I largely delegated to like Jack Zampelin and Sonny, you know, um, like the people I actually knew, um, you know, I started delegating to Jake Gedickian because I think he just does so much for the space. Um, and it's really interesting. Like I also started like occasionally delegating to people who I see on Twitter who are saying interesting stuff. So I started delegating to lavender five nodes, uh, you know, occasionally a little while back and then they actually applied and, and just now have joined my test net, which is like, it really feels nice to like have a delegator that I had sort of like 
you know, chosen for other reasons, like docile decide they want to validate my chain. Um, I, th I think like if you think when I think about how I want to do token distribution, right? Like there's not going to be like a mega mega airdrop. We're not going to give away like a huge, huge chunk of the network to, um, you know, the, the sort of like community. There's a bunch of reasons for that. Um, you know, one is that like I built this with my investors over two years myself. It's not, you know, it's not like a project that was like coded by the community. Um, another is that like we really are trying to be, we really want to present ourselves as something to use, not something to invest in. Um, you know, so we want to, we're going to give an airdrop that hopefully is enough that people are interested and check it out. But we're, we don't want people coming here thinking like, oh, how is my like, you know, token distribution going is the price up or down like i'm that's not really it it's more like are there any new games what can i play right so um we're the distribution is going to take a while before before we like really get stuff out of our hands it's going to you know we're going to be doing uh after we launch our main net we're going to be doing SAFs. we're going to try to do i'm going to try to place tokens with like you know big 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 companies and, and and really try to like make a case for pylons as a as a global um mobile gaming platform so you know there's a lot going on there but for a long time we are going to probably have pretty pretty serious control over who the validator set is and so i think like if you are if you are involved in pylons you know writing documentation helping people out contributing code like being part of the testing um, then i think we're probably gonna you know want to make sure that you stay in the validator set and and we're going to have enough control of the validator set, at least initially, that I think we'll probably be able to do that. You know, I think it'll be a couple of years before we've distributed the tokens enough that like we are no longer, um, you know, a major, major player and who gets to be in the validator set and who doesn't. I, I think that honestly, that makes sense. I think people trying to like spam the tokens out really fast to try to get decentralization, like they create all sorts of other problems for themselves. And I want to get decentralization like by having people like major institutions buy in because they see value. Right. And so I have sort of a slower uh, journey that I have in my head towards becoming a, a fully decentralized network. Nice. So <clears throat> I know another thing uh, when we were speaking on our call, when you said about essentially updating or alter, I don't remember exactly what word verbiage you use about the Cosmos SDK in order to. I guess have more transactions per second. It was kind of fascinating. So, is, are you able to touch on like what you guys? I guess not with without going over everyone's head, but I would assume you need to have a lot of transactions per second capabilities if you're running like a really big network with mobile gaming and NFTs and all that. Yeah, you do. Um, and I think you know the thing that is sort of most um, the thing that is sort of most germane to that is um this concept of of turing incompleteness which is basically the idea this is like a you know a concept in sort of academic computer science um which basically says that once a programming language reaches a certain level of complexity it's equivalent to every other programming language that's that complex right so there's a once you once you have a certain amount of things you can do in your language you can write any program that you could write in any language in that language, right? There's no, there's no like program that you can write in C that you can't write in Java, 
right? Like they're the same at like a theoretical level. And one of the things about programming languages that are that complex is you can't analyze the program to see how long it will run without just running it. You have to just run it and then it could run forever. There's no way to know. And you just have to like stop running it if you get bored, right? There's no like, there's no way to, to, uh, to predict it and, and evaluate it. And so this is why blockchains have gas fees um, because they can't look at a transaction that's written in one of these languages and know how long it will take. And so all of these, all of these blockchains that run Turing complete virtual machines like the EVM have to use gas because they are, they have to contend with the halting problem. Someone could put a program that doesn't halt in front of the, in front of them and they have to have an answer. And the only answer is give up. Right. And you have to make people pay to do that. Otherwise you're wasting all your computer time. Um, so that's why there are gas fees. And what pylons does is it has a Turing incomplete um, um, language. So you don't get to just do whatever you want. Um, you, you can only do the like set of transaction types that we've defined. And what that means is that every transaction on pylons is fast. We know how fast it is. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be really quick. And then you're moving on to the next transaction. You can't you know, you can't send us these transactions that take up huge amounts of computer time. And that lets us not have gas fees. That lets us, you know, pack a lot of transactions into every block, not have gas fees, because if a spam transaction gets through, there's a maximum of how much that costs us. And that maximum is not very high. So, you know, we can do a pretty good job of, you know, of trying to get more good transactions than bad transactions. But no one's going to shut the network down with like infinite loops. I don't know if that made sense. No, it makes complete sense because, like, when you're when you're talking about that, my brain is thinking about there's m other use cases that you guys can leverage that particular type of technology with. With when you know the first thing that kind of comes to my mind is like a ticketing service, like a you know um, whether it's like a, a live event or uh, you know like a sporting event, like a like a new ticket master or like is, is that something that could be a possibility with that type of technology? Yeah, absolutely. That's that's a hundred percent on my list of, of apps that I really want to see on the platform. And you know, one of the things I've owned this is like, you know, don't don't go calling him about this because like he didn't make me any promises, but I have asked CryptoCito if we can try to do this for Cosmoverse in Medellin in September to use pylons as the ticketing system. Um, and you know, he's like, maybe, I don't know, we'll see, right? Which is like, of course, what he would say. But like, I'm really excited about trying to do stuff like that, where like, you know, you're on your phone, you have your ticket, your ticket is a blockchain item, and you can like sell it, you know, and the, the, the um, people can take a commission from your ticket sale, right? Like there, there can be royalties on ticket resales. Um, you know, you can have a blockchain transaction when you actually walk into the venue. So you know who actually showed up. Right. It makes it much, much less likely that people will share their tickets with other people because you can only unless you transfer it, you'd have to share your private key, which like, you know, you don't want to do. Um, so I'm I think there's a lot of reason to do ticketing on pylons. And it's like one of the things that I'm very excited to start seeing happen as we move into phase three of the testnet after we do our spam mitigation and we start to really explore 
like, you know, push on, on what the space of potential possibilities for apps is. Yeah, I mean, I really hope that would be something that could happen because I'm not going to lie. So, you know, way before technology, I used to go to a lot of sporting events and essentially I still do it to this day. Well, not necessarily as easy anymore because it's really hard to get a physical ticket to go to any sort of game or event anymore. But, you know, I always saved it. So that would be really cool because now it's just, hey, I have this Pylons app and I have my ticket. I look like, you know, five years from now, 10 years from now, I could be like, look, I was in Medellin. Here's my, you know, ticket stub. And then whatever sort of art, maybe you can leverage that into like a cool NFT or whatever. That would be cool because yeah. it's on your phone forever. You know, it's, it's a part of your life. Yeah. And not just here's my ticket stub, but like, here's the list of every talk I attended. Right. Because, yeah, you, awesome. because you beep in at the door to every talk. So everyone out there, just kind of like a quick little reset. I know a lot of people just use it as a podcast format. Again, always my, my role is if you have a question, you can DM me, DM the guys from Cosmos Spaces. We can ask the question for you. And, you know, if you guys want to come up on stage, anyone, you can feel free to raise your hand and, and uh, ask any particular questions and we'll make sure we get to you. Yeah, I mean, that would be, um, yeah, that's something that fascinates me because I've always been kind of... Um, I guess I've always been into NFTs even before NFTs were even in existence. I've always collected like everything, you know, whether it was like a comic book that I bought when I was a little kid or whatever. I, I like collect stuff. I'm almost like a hoarder when it comes to like, I don't know, intrinsic values of things, you know, it's like, oh, I was at this uh, baseball game back in um, like I went to a game a long time ago when I was a little kid. And uh, actually it was like, I don't know if you know about baseball, but an unassisted triple play, like basically never happens ever. And I was actually at a game that had happened live. And I, you know, I, I kept that ticket because I could be like, look, I was at that game, you know, like that was, it was, it never happens. Like baseball, I don't even know how many thousands and thousands of baseball games there's been in the life, but you know, everything's a statistics. I could probably find out, but you know, maybe okay. less than a two handfuls of, uh, since baseball has been around since the 1800s where you could be like, look, yeah, I was at the game there and there's an unassisted triple play, you know, like that's kind of stuff that it fascinates me with NFTs. What even is that? Do you like catch a line drive, tag the guy out and then throw it at first? But so the guy's already out at first. So what happened was, is the guy, they were it, like, the count was like, I don't remember. I was such a little kid, but maybe it was like, okay, maybe it was a, a full count. Right. And it was a guy at first and second, and they were trying to double steal. So like the guy from second was trying to steal and go to third. And the guy from first was trying to, and the guy hit a rod, like a piss rod to like the second baseman, like up the middle. And he made like a diving catch in like midair. And then he just he basically stepped on uh, second base right after that because the guy that was going from second to third, you know, that's a that's a force out. And the other guy was pretty much right there, and he just ran him down and tagged him. So it was really cool, like like how it happened. And awesome. uh, so yeah, he just basically got three outs by himself, you know, which like literally never happens because if it does happen, you throw the ball to like a base or whatever. So it was right. just like really cool. And I don't like I said, baseball has been around forever. There's been so many damn games, and I bet you that's only happened maybe like you could probably put it on both your hands like ever. And I was at that game, so it was like you know I have that ticket. So it was like um it was the it was a Phillies and Pirates game like a long time ago, like literally back in the early '90s. And I have that ticket still to the day. I mean, not that it may maybe it's worth something, maybe not, but it's like cool that I have it to say like look I was there. Yeah. And, and now you you know you 
you could do that with games too. Like, I mean, the Ticketmaster app, I mean, it's okay, but it's not cool because it's like centralized and all that type of stuff. It would be cool if it was just like on, you know, like your your platform. It's like okay, it's like it's part of crypto, and and I feel I feel safe about using it and stuff like that. Yeah, and you know, I think I, I, I've always been saying that you know the next step in collectability is like emotions and experiences, where like you know. When you start seeing the things I, I want to start seeing is like, you know, computer game, like skins, right? Like if you're, if you're, um, sorry about that. Go ahead. If, if you're, um, if you're, um, if you're playing in a game, right? If you're like a, you know, I play a lot of Dota. I'm not very good, but I play a lot. And, um, you know, if you're playing in the international and you've got a, a copy of some skin that's really cool, you might, you know, and you win, right? And you like, you know, have some amazing play, then that particular copy of the skin that you wore might be worth something if you could resell it, right? And like, every, and everyone saw that game. So you could like buy that skin and then you could, if you were as a fan playing, you know, in your own games with the same skin that like, you know, some pro won the tournament with, like that I think is really cool. And like these sort of things where I think that like by, by, you know, items will acquire value by mediating experiences. And this is sort of part of like what the point of pylons is, is to like make it possible, right? By, by bringing the fees down, make it possible for digital items to mediate human experiences so that they can acquire value that comes from like how they were used and not necessarily from like how scarce they are or how heavily they're marketed. And that's sort of how I think about like, you know, a ticket to a game like that, or like, you know, even like, you know, the particular baseball that was used, right? Like someone has that ball. How much is that worth? Yeah, you know? exactly. exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. That's pretty cool. It's just a good use case. And um, like, I just love like Cosmos because it keeps expanding and there's just different use cases and utilities. And I'm really, I know people, they, they get all into like the, the now and like the market and, I keep telling people April was the worst month in uh, the NASDAQ since 08. So it's not really the fundamentals haven't changed. Like the technology, it has actually, it has changed. It's getting better. The cosmos in general is getting better. It's getting stronger. And I don't really get into like the, the short term valuations of things, but like, I'm really f- looking forward to just like this, like this time next year, exactly one year from now, like I'm really interested to see, all the new developments just all throughout IBC. Like, I think it's going to be amazing. And I just, um, you know, it's not even just hopium. I just like, I feel like everyone goes down the rabbit hole that really likes technology. They're going to find Cosmos. Like you have to, if you really do the dig in and you like technology, you're going to, you're going to find your way over here because I just love the tech. I think it's revolutionary and it's built to last. Like it's not just that you were saying it earlier about different blockchains and stuff like that. And, you know, just, I feel like every blockchain should or will connect over to IBC in one way or another. It just to me, it doesn't make any sense not to. Yeah, I, I think that's right. I think like IBC, look, IBC is a protocol, right? I mean, anybody could implement it. You know, Ethereum could implement IBC and just like connect in. And, you know, at some point, maybe they will, right? It, it, wouldn't, be the, it wouldn't be the craziest thing in the world. So I, I don't know. I think IBC is... I mean, the, 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 the founding vision of this was so, just so correct. And, you know, we're seeing the like philosophical positioning of Cosmos, like 
be proven right now. And it's really, it's really exciting and, and, and awesome to be a part of. So do you, um, do you have experiences in building in all different languages? Um, I don't know. I mean, obviously not all different languages. Um, you know, I've, I've worked professionally in Ruby, Java, JavaScript, C, Go, Python, PHP. Um, that's probably most of it. Uh, I mean, obviously like micro, like, you know, Excel, like visual basic type stuff. Um, yeah. Well, speaking of Java, I mean, I know me, I've heard people have, don't have the same sentiment as me, but I'm, I'm looking forward to Agoric. And I'm sure you probably had conversations with them, but like, I think what they're trying to do is pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm a big fan. Um, you know, I happen to know, um, their business development lead personally, like through other channels and she's fantastic. Um, you know, I've met Dean a few times now and he is so sharp and such a good guy. Um, so I'm very excited about Agoric. Um, we have been talking to them. We have some relay. We've been working with their testnet uh, to get the relayers up and we want run to be a stable coin that's easy to use on pylons. So you can like bring run in off Agoric and, and use it to buy stuff. Um, and we've talked about sort of like using, you know, Agoric, and this is similar to some of the stuff I've talked about with Tor and Secret, but like, you know, when there are things you want to do with your Pylons items that are more complicated than what Pylons wants to support, because Pylons wants to go really fast, then you potentially move stuff to Agoric or move stuff to Secret, do your do your stuff there, you're paying gas fees now, but like, it's okay, you know, you because you have a thing you want to do, and then you bring it back. So um, I've talked to Dean a bunch, and he's um, you know, I'm very excited about that project. Um, you know, very, very much so. I think their like concept of like, you know, I mean, this is sort of like the the you can actually tie it back to this Cosmosm moment that's happening on the hub right now, where people are saying the Cosmos SDK essentially they are saying the Cosmos SDK is not fast enough to develop in. It's too hard, and we need something that's easier to write code in. Right. And so what we have is Cosmwasm. So let's put Cosmwasm on the hub and then we can write code in Rust um, or whatever. Right. And um, and I think that's actually kind of the same, like it's along the same lines as what uh, Dean's trying to do with the Coric, which is like everyone knows JavaScript. Let's make a subset of JavaScript that's safe for blockchain and put it on a zone and then people will be able to develop at a much higher pace. And the people who have made that bet in the past, they've been right. You know, like the speed, like the ability of users of like developers to code on your platform is so paramount because like if the other platform is faster, but there's no apps, it doesn't matter. Right. So, you know, I think they're right. And, um, you know, I think that in the end, um, that's going to be the, that's going to be one of the really, really big battlefields. And, you know, Pylons has its own perspective on like how to make it easy to build apps. And I think Dean's perspective is also a really strong one. So I'm through, I'm, I'm really excited about that. Yeah, me too. I mean, there's just so many people that build stuff on Java. So that's just a lot of things that can come to Cosmos that I, I can't even envision or imagine right now, but you know, th that will become a reality whenever they, whenever they go live. So it's going to be good. I don't know. Everything's. I like, you know, it's hard for me because I look at the price action and I'm like, oh my God, but I can't be pessimistic. Like, 
I just like, you know, it's like, I don't know. Okay. The prices are going down. Like maybe there's some, like, you know, as like, you know, I, I have to trade in some way. Like I, cause like, you know, I have like responsibility to like my own finances to like have some opinion on like which way things are going to go in the near term. But in the long term, like I just, I have no concerns. Like I'm just like, you know, I'm so optimistic about the Cosmos ecosystem. Yeah, I'm the same way. I mean, I wish I would have probably moved around some stuff whenever like Osmo was at, uh, you know, nines and tens and even up to 11, but. <laughs> you know, I was telling my girlfriend when, when, you know, Ion was like 17K, 18K, I was like, 20K is programmed. It's going to hit 20K. It's going to 20K. And then when it did, I didn't sell. And I like, that's one of those things where I'm just like looking at it at like, you know, 2300 now. I'm just like, oof. But it's okay, right? Like, yeah. it's fine. You know, it, it's almost like, in a way, I hate to say it, but it's almost like we're gamblers. And I don't know if anyone's ever been on a heater uh, in, in a casino. It's just so hard to stop because it's a lot of fun and you feel like it's never going to end. But <laughs> at some point, you need to just take it, take it easy. You know, it's like I've been, I used to play uh, a lot of craps and, and I used to gamble a lot. I used to go to Vegas all the time and, and play. And I, I totally know that feeling. You know, it's like, um, it's you just you get on one of those runs man and it's like that's how that's how ion was that's how this whole eco was and and again it was a it was bound to retrace but like this retracement has to me has really nothing to do with like crypto in general it's just like geopolitical events like the tax season there's all kind of things that are going on because i mean like i said the nasdaq's been around forever and it's the worst month they've ever had since 2008 so i mean that's just bound to just triple into crypto you know, for a long time, I would have a bad day in crypto and I'd be like, at least I like at least my like reliable stock market stuff is fine. But yeah, this month has been like by far the worst month for me in like regular stocks that I have ever had. Just like. <laughs> so you're just to kind of ask you, you know, to get too personal, but were you involved with like the Web2 stuff when it was early on, like investing wise? No, um, I wasn't. I didn't, you know, what's the first web investment? I, I don't even remember. I don't know. Because um, like the crypto market is kind of similar if you like look back at, at, in history about, you know, when Apple started get going and all of them. It, it wasn't on it. And that's in, that was in a, a, a space that's been around for a long time, even back when in the 90s and all that. But it wasn't unfamiliarized for, you know, like Apple to take like an 80% haircut. You know, it's like it, it's just kind of part yeah. of the game when you when you're in technology early. But eventually, I feel like good tech always wins and it will win, you know, like not financial advice. But, you know, we're just so early still. It, it is unfortunate if someone did get in towards the upper enchilon of like this run up but you know i'm still i, I don't know if it's hopium but i still think we're kind of like a super cycle and then it's not this we're going to end good i'm not saying we're getting back up to the all-time highs but i feel like we're going to end in a po positive note this year i just I, I don't know as an investor like where else you put your money at. i guess real estate but like so people are get they have to put their money somewhere and and i don't know where they're going to put it at. so i feel like they're going to put it in the crypto back again so possible i don't know i don't know how much of this pressure comes from retail my suspicion is not that much um yeah, I, I don't think so either i think like there's a lot there's a few people with like incredible amounts of money that are that are driving what sort of crypto writ large is worth right 
Um, and you know, our, we're really like in the long term. You know, is this stuff going to really matter from like an economic perspective? Is like what you know, if you're going to hold until then, great. In the sh in the shorter term, like the only thing that matters to the price action is like what the private equity whales think, right? It doesn't like there's nothing else. There's I don't know. I mean, a little bit of retail pressure, but I just think it's more. I think that the the big institutions have a much bigger impact on the price, and it's just what how they're positioning themselves and their the game they're playing with each other. So I don't know. I try not to like I try not to get like too wrapped up in it because like unless you're like unless you know them and you're playing that game like at their level, you're you're kind of just like rolling the dice, I guess. But I don't know. I mean, I believe I'm not like you know. Uh, I, I think it's coming back. This is the, you know, I put my, I've, I've dedicated myself professionally to this space. You know, I believe in the cosmos ecosystem. I think we're going to do stuff here. That's going to, in the short term, you know, we're going to, we're going to get a lot of attention, you know, and pylons is like a, a play for that, right? The point here in the short term is to, is to drive enough users to the wallet and drive a transaction volume on the chain where people are like actually playing a web three game on their phones. Right. And like tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of people, or, you know, maybe more are playing web three games on their phone on pylons. And that's something that I'm hoping will make the, you know, the big whale types take another look at cosmos and say like, actually there's something here at a core technology level that doesn't exist on the other chains. And we should, you know, and we should be there. We should, we should have a bigger piece of this. So that's sort of like how I think about the near term, where it's just like, it is the launch of these things, like Agoric is another one, right? You know, um, you know, Stargaze is, is starting to make some, some headway as well. But like, um, it, it is this like, how can we do stuff that makes the whales notice Cosmos? Because we're doing things that the other chains can't do. And Pylons is definitely like, that's definitely what we're trying to do. Nice. Do you know um, the analytics of like how big mobile gaming is per year on a like a basis? I mean, um, let me look it up. I wouldn't want to <laughs> get. I never looked it up. I, I'm curious because I mean I know it's probably it's got to be huge. Like even myself when I used to commute back and forth to work, I used to have to take the bus. I dumped money into all kind of games. Like I used to play this um, Star Wars game where you had to build up your base, and it takes forever if you don't want to spend money. Like you were saying earlier, it's like you're devoting all this time. You want a shortcut, so I would just I would throw some money into Apple Pay and just buy upgrades. And it's like, all right, yeah. now I'm here. You know, so I, it has to be gigantic. It is. It is ninety three point two billion dollars in twenty twenty one. Yeah. See, that's seven. Up seven point three percent year over year, right? So if you think of that, um, you know, as five percent, then, um, then that's around the price of crypto, right? Like it's a, that's a couple trillion dollars, right? Worth of, um, if you were going to say like how much is the mobile industry worth, it's like a couple trillion dollars. So mobile games are worth about as much as crypto. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, and just just games in general. I mean, I, I I used to play a lot of video games, especially prior to like COVID, and then like after COVID, it's when I really got serious in the crypto, and I'm like, I need to just spend as much time learning as much as I can, so I don't even really play anymore. But yeah, I mean, 
there's just so much money. I mean, you look at like a game like uh, Fortnite and um, what's the other one that's real popular? It's uh, Valorant. Like those games are gigantic. And the, the, a lot of, you know, mainly, especially uh, Fortnite, these kids are already kind of, I, I don't want to say brainwashed, but they're already, re- they're already ready for crypto because like they have, like Fortnite has such a huge in-game currency. It's called um, V-Bucks. And I don't even know that that thing is worth they're worth billions of dollars, you know, and it was just it was a it was a free play to earn game. You know, technically for Fortnite, you get no advantages whatsoever by spending money on anything. You don't it's not like, hey, you you buy you get a better gun or no, it does nothing. Same thing with um, Call of Duty. Uh, You can it just makes your shit look cool. It's like you got this new cool skin, your, your guns wrapped like whatever. You get a new character skin, but it doesn't make you any better. But it's just like. People spend so much time; they want to kind of just have fun and stick out, and that's that's awesome. Like the, the pylons could easily do stuff like that. That's the plan. Yeah, man, that's awesome. So, for anyone out there listening, if you have any questions, because uh, uh, you know, I appreciate your time. It's already been like an hour. If uh, you had any last statements of like how people can get involved, like how can the community get involved? Um. Okay. Yeah. The, so the you know look you can you can follow Pylons Tech on Twitter. Um, you can join our Discord Discord.dg slash Pylons. Um, you know we really want people to get involved, but as users, right? Um, and there's you know that so if you want to make art, reach out. We will help you get get used to the art making tools. If you want to make a game on Pylons, like definitely reach out. Um, you know, we, we're building, we're building something, but we're not a game dev shop. And so, you know, having game dev help is, you know, having people who really know what's up to reach out. Uh, if you want to be involved as a consumer, you know, just stay tuned. We're going to do more, uh, drops, download the apps to be ready. Um, you know, make bug reports, but we're really trying to like push this, you know, we're not trying to be like, we're not trying to generate like hype for token purchase or something. Right. We're trying to generate like users of the product and so yeah the best way to get involved is like use the product you know and then make bug reports write documentation whatever it is uh, make some art uh, you know that's probably the best thing is like take some cool photos and put them up on easel is probably like the thing that is like you know coolest right start using the the social features built into our photo minter um yeah just like use the product you know and and you know, let us let us know what you think. That's that's really the best thing you can do for us. Nice. I know we got a couple guys in here. I had a uh, Demrium Labs, which is like a play. They're they're making a game. It's it's built on Secret Network. It would just be cool if even if uh, I don't even know if it's like necessarily a game, but sort of like a metaverse. I don't. I'm assuming you guys would be able to handle that capabilities, but it'd be really cool. If uh, we we had a conversation like a while ago on our show, we were just using hypotheticals and we didn't know if if there's even enough compute computational power on planet Earth to do something like this. But I would love for one day where I can have my PFP. You guys could all have your PFP and then we could just like travel around, like fly around the universe of cosmos. Like, okay, well, you know what? We're on osmosis. We want to just get in our spaceship and fly over to like Juno or, or, you know, whatever chain. I don't know if that would ever be a reality, but even if it, we just had a simplistic, okay, you can use your PFP and then we could all meet up somewhere and, and have a chat. And I know like alter is like a private uh, chat, essentially going to be like a new um 
I guess, Telegram and Discord. It'd just be cool if I could use my PFP for more things than just like a piece of art, like an actual interaction with like the community. I don't know how far away something like that would even be, but that would be pretty cool. We're definitely interested in doing um, like authorization around items, like cross-chain item authorization. So the idea would be like, if you wanted, you know, um, you know, you wanted to like, as a game maker, you wanted to like, oh, create a skin shop and say like, hey, do you want to make skins for my game? Here's the parameters for making skins for my game. And then here's the terms, right? So you make, you can make art, you can sell it to people and you have to pay me this percent or this flat fee or whatever. Each person that actually wants to use it in my game has to pay this much. Right. So you're sort of you're sort of like opening up your like art department to the broader world within some controlled context around what the art has to look like and what you know, what you pay, um, what the users pay. Right. So we're definitely interested in doing that. I, I'm really interested in um, I'm really interested in sort of like cross venue fashion. So, you know, we're seeing like a lot of we're seeing major brands, you know, whatever, Nike and Balenciaga, like all these, you know, Gucci do these um, uh, virtual items for, you know, digital fashion, but we're not seeing a, a really clean way for those things to live outside any given venue. And that's one of the things that Pylons was originally conceived to, to be, you know, we're not, that's not something we're spending a lot of like time on in this exact moment. Cause I think it's just like really hard and it's a huge business development lift, but like, that's definitely on my, that remains on my radar is like, we want to be the clearinghouse for digital items, right? We don't have our own venue. We're never going to have our own venue. There's never going to be like pylons world that you can fly around, right? Like we don't want that. What we want is to be, you know, that the, um, uh, the construct in the matrix, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So that's what pylons wants to be, right? Like it's, you know, it's a space. It's not a space. There's just racks of guns, right? They're not, they don't have a location. There's just racks of guns. Um, like that's sort of like, you know, we want to be your like digital closet, right? It's, a to it's not a space. It's, it's got no features. It's got no anything other than this is where you store your stuff to take into whatever venue you want to go into. Right. So that kind of like clearinghouse model is something that, you know, is on my list as we sort of, start to build um you know a user base and and apps and stuff we want to start saying cool well you know as you can you can use this for your own venue and here's how you do that and then we want to start going to fashion brands and saying like hey do you want to make art that goes into multiple venues and get paid by every venue because we have a way for you to do that it's fascinating stuff man i'm looking forward to that that's cool so I have a reason to use my phone because currently I only use my phone for this show and that's about it anymore. I just, I, I, I hate my phone, but, uh, I would use it more. I get to work from home, <clears throat> excuse me, I get to work from home. So I'm not commuting back and forth anymore. But, uh, other than that, I just kind of use my phone to talk, but it'd be cool to have some other reason to actually use my cell phone again. We're, we hope to give you that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right. So, does anyone have any closing questions? Because I don't want to take up too, too much of your time. And we also have a couple other teams that want to kind of do their thing as well. So I, I know personally, I appreciate your time. I could talk to you forever. It's a good, good conversation. You're, you're very, you know, you're very uh, relatable. And the way you present your information is 
you know, it's it's not above and beyond. When I what I mean by that is a lot of times I get developers on and it's they're just they're so stuck in their I guess tech talk that they don't kind of just make it really relatable to people that you know, like the average Joes that just want to know, like, hey, what is this? Why why should I use this? Like, what 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 cool things can you do? And then and that the way you presented that was really good. So we'll definitely have to uh, keep in touch and have you go again. And uh, you know, any up any and the door is always open. So like, if you just wanted to stop by for five minutes, like I get guys like Greg has stopped by on Regen just to hey hey this is what's going on. Just you know, happy Sunday. And then you know awesome. anything like that. So thank you. Thank you. And yeah, I'm definitely going to circle back with you about like figuring out my rec drop situation. Yeah. Because like, because like between my ledger and my MetaMask, I actually have not been able to get any of my drop in like a little bit. Like, but I'll I'll connect you offline. I wanna I wanna get into the yeah for sure. All right, I'm around. I mean, I'm here. If anyone wants to ask me questions, um, otherwise, yeah, I'm happy to happy to listen to the next uh, the next presentation. All right, thanks, Michael. All right, Dimension. Hey, Hoss, what's up? How you doing? Thanks for, thanks, thanks, for your, thanks for your patience, man. So if you want to just give a backdrop of uh, who you are, what, why you uh, started it up, like what are you, what's, the, what's the game plan and the uh, roadmap, we'd appreciate it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Thanks for the time and your interest, guys. Uh, so I'm speaking as I mentioned, but I'll, I'll speak as myself as well. So I'm Ishai. I'm the lead uh, in this project. I, I would not prefer it to be called a CEO or stuff like that because I'm, on a crypto native, I've uh, been in this scene since 2016. Uh, we're based in Tel Aviv. Uh, lots and lots of crypto startups here. And we're working on Dimension, which is a vertical scaling solution for Cosmos. So I know everybody on Cosmos has like this ethos of, you know, horizontal scaling. And uh, Dimension is kind of, you know, breaking the boundaries with scaling the Y axis. And that's why. We chose the Y for dimension. Uh, yeah, and uh, what we're doing is to simplify it, it's a roll-up factory. So I don't know if you guys heard about roll-ups uh, or if you want to go in that deep, but a roll-up is basically an execution layer that submits kind of the answers or the settlement to the settlement layer, and that simplifies scaling and helps uh, basically to get more throughput. Yeah. Um, so the, the journey of getting to Dimension was, was pretty, pretty crazy because we started off as a team. Uh, we're, we started working on something on Starkware. I don't know if you guys know Starkware. Uh, it's a ZK scaling solution on Ethereum. And then we came up with some really, really co cool concepts and we saw the Cosmos ecosystem exploding. And we were like, damn, we should get into that. It's, it's a great ecosystem and nobody is taking seriously the ability to scale on the network. Like Michael talked about games and like metaverse apps, but the truth is, and this is what Cosmos talks about that, like even if the consensus engine and the application is very highly optimized, at some point, like the transaction throughput of a single chain will hit a wall it cannot surpass. So this quote basically, you know, we, we thought about it and we said, okay, if this is relevant for like any general purpose app, uh, I'm sorry, any general purpose chain, it's, it's relevant also for, for any application specific chain. So if you want to get like real TPS, you have to get scaling. You have to get, you have to get real scaling, which is L2s 
basically executing transactions and putting them on a base layer, which is a settlement layer. So I'm, I'm not sure if I'm getting, you know, I don't want to get too technical, but just to simplify it, think about blockchain as an Excel sheet, right? It's an Excel sheet with, with numbers and functions, and the functions are smart contracts. You, you don't have to have every computer in the network calculating those functions. You can have one sequencer, one rollup calculating all the functions and basically writing down the answers to the sum in there. And this is, this is kind of simplifying what we're doing. All right, so everyone here has obviously probably been involved with Cosmos. If not, then I'm glad you're here, you're learning. So let's touch on what your technology can do for osmosis because that's right now has the most transactions going on. And also if osmosis decided like, yes, we needed to use this solution, like how would that work for like the osmosis team? Like that, well, cause it's a decentralized deck. So it would have to be like, okay, we want to use this because we're at this throughput where it's not sustainable or it's, it's just too slow and we need to, to up, up the ante, so to speak. So how would that work? Yeah, definitely. So like Osmosis is a, is a great use case because, you know, having like a DEX is one thing, but having a derivative DEX with high frequency trading, I guess like I'm assuming it won't work subtly. Like you, you have to have insane throughput to support a derivative DEX. So the way that would work is that think about dimension. If you want to visualize it, right? Think about dimension as kind of an elevator towards like the L2 of Cosmos, right? So Cosmos is like expanding like horizontally, but dimension settlement layer is, is an elevator. So you would basically transmit a transaction to the settlement layer and it would spin off up towards a rollup that would be controlled by osmosis and would credit you with credit on that rollup. And every few blocks of the settlement layer's um, continuation, um, the rollup basically would put down a state towards the settlement layer. So that, that, that basically, that's the way the rollup works. But if, you know, if we try to think about it easily is you're going to get teleported to a rollup and that rollup would support like osmosis, like ultra TPS kind of crazy, crazy uh, throughput that the chain could, could, uh, could support derivatives. Does that make sense? No, it definitely makes sense. Cause I know osmosis soon will have a lot more I guess, degen action. And I could see that being a potential possibility. So um, that's kind of why I asked that because osmosis is like oh, pretty much my baby. So I want I want nothing but the best. I want more functionalities. I want them to compete against centralized exchanges. I want it to be where it's like, hey, we're going to use this over a centralized exchange because it's just, one, it's decentralized. It's my keys, my crypto. And also I can do everything on this DEX that I could do anywhere else. So and I understand I, I have a vision where there's billions of dollars on not even just osmosis, but all these DEXs and, and uh, Cosmos, because I'm that I'm that big of a believer that this is the right train to be on. And we're very early. So I do understand about like horizontally and, and vertical um, scaling. So, you know, that's the only thing like you were saying that, um, you know, Cosmos later down the road would need is to scale because like i guess currently the way that you can technically scale like if osmosis got so big as what, what would they do they would have to spin up another chain i don't know you know that's kind of like the only thing that i could think of currently that would be a solution maybe maybe i'm wrong i'm not going to say i'm like the 
the most brilliant individual when it comes to scaling solutions. So they could spin another chain, but you have to have like a trading engine, which is like one composable, one composable engine, one composable unit. And, you know, to spin off another chain, you know, it's going to, it's going to, it's going to have overhead. So the way to do like real scale is to, but this is kind of like, you know, Cosmos, you know, the, the system, how it works is horizontally and we get that, but we still say like, Listen, guys, if you want to get like real scale in the Cosmos ecosystem and, and we see it, like we see like Secret Network and we see other chains that, you know, that, that they need scale, right? So we have to have these solutions in this ecosystem. We have to see this technology as, as an option. And we obviously think that in the future, you talked about, you know, you talked about hovering through the space, like through the, the, the Cosmos ecosystem. So we see like chains, we see them as countries with sovereign security and rollups we see as cities or states where they're autonomous, but they rely on our security, like on the sovereign security of dimension. Yeah, that's a good metaphor right there. I like that. And then Secret's my, my other baby. I love Secret. I've, I've been a Secret ever since I found out a Secret before secret was even on osmosis and everything i, I don't even remember what dex or uh, centralized exchange i got it off of but it, yeah I, i've always loved secret because i'm that's kind of just my personality is what they're trying to do so i do know that they need scaling solutions because you know if there's a a big nft launch it gets kind of bogged down the nodes between kepler and and secret uh, they they seem like they're just like always fighting one another it's not that's the only thing I love secret, but yeah, they, the scaling, I don't, like I said, I'm not going to pretend I'm some sort of tech expert, but I do know that there needs to be something better. I don't, I don't know if, if, if this is what it is. It sounds like this can help for sure. I think the most intriguing part about like dimension is you guys need to understand like dimension is a chain that only services rollups, right? So think about Ethereum like last night, right? There's a lot of people in, everybody wants in these monkeys, these NFT men, right? Everybody wants in, but Ethereum has like roll-up solutions, but nobody cares. They're going to use Ethereum. So Dimension doesn't have like smart contracts. It, it only services the roll-ups. So you, you're never going to get like halted. You're never going to get like busy or something like that because the roll-ups are like, I would say like, think about it, like it's, it's Cosmos squared. It's like another Cosmos. So you take the elevator and you get another another dimension of cosmos which is super scalable and has the same kind of you know has the same ethos where you can spin up a roll-up really easily so as i said dimension is, is a roll-up factory so like there's an sdk like a cosmos sdk where developers could easily spin off and, and get a chain if they have their own validator set dimension is is even easier right because a roll-up development kit just requires you to have a sequencer um, so, so it, it, it's kind of like another cosmos, um, if you think about it. Nice. So I'm trying to think about like osmosis. So let's say we get to that point where they're like, we need this solution. They would obviously have to ask on chain. And then I'm assuming it's kind of almost like polka dot where you have to like rent Right. So it would be like osmosis would have to rent your your infrastructure, so to speak. Right. That's correct. So so the way it works and, you know, I'm, I'm going to hint it, but definitely as a service, we're going to require 
you know, chains and dApps and whatever that whatever ecosystems want to use our infrastructure, they'll have to stake uh, our native coin to get to get those scaling solutions and to get lifted up. Um, and and worthy to say that the, the, that roll up is going to be settled on Dimension L1. So if you're if you're on Osmosis, you'll have to wire it. It's supposed to be composable fully, but you have to wire it through IBC to Dimension L1, and then we're going to lift you up to that roll up. Okay, makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Well, to Any me, I hope, it, I hope it makes sense out? to everyone else. I hope it does. Yeah, I, I, I'd love to hear from people because I know it's kind of a kind of a tricky, um, kind of a tricky subject in the Cosmos ecosystem. And I would love to hear, like, people, what do you think? Um, what what's how, how do you see dimension? And and not to put Michael on blast, but Michael, if. Uh, you have any follow-up questions because a lot of times when I have developers, obviously their brain works at, at a higher rate than myself does, especially when it comes to building. So, like, if you have any questions, you know that would be great. I don't if you do or you don't. I'm not putting you on blast. Maybe you're not even listening anymore. But yeah, listen, you know, like roll up is like one of those things that like I understand at like a mathematical theoretical level. And at a practical level, I do understand very well. And I will say that, like, intuitively, they feel like kind of like caching layers. And so the question I always have is, like, do you create a situation where um, it, things can get things get like things can get tangled? Right. Where, like, you know, think about, like. You know, you. Can it, does it have a potential to make it harder to develop on the chain new features because the roll-up system is, um, you know, so, so tied into what the system currently does? So, yeah, yeah, that's a great question because I don't want to get too technical, but obviously um, the L1 should know how to execute transactions of the roll-up from various uh, reasons one of them is disputes um but we give out that autonomy and we have kind of a very very unique solution to execute and execute and basically simulate transactions that were on a roll-up but on a general level the roll-up itself you know it's a chain and it only writes down the state towards the settlement layer so if there's no dispute the, the settlement layer is not supposed to, to simulate the transaction so it, it, it's generally your question is if it's going to be easier to develop, it's going to be the same thing like Osmos. So you could, you could do it with Cosmosm, you could do it with modules. We'll simulate the execution environment that you have on your rollup in case we need to figure out a dispute. Does that answer you or? Yeah. yeah you no, said no. that like rollups are, are, are kind of are complex, but there's two types of rollups and you guys need to understand. There's ZK. At zero knowledge and there there is optimistic so we work with optimistic it's it's a much more mature technology the thing about optimistic is you need to have an execution environment on your settlement layer on your l1 that could replicate that execution environment on that roll-up so we have a very elegant solution to do that okay that i think that that i do understand that yeah i mean i you know like i said i wish i understood i wish i understood roll-ups better and like the details of what how they work and what they're actually doing but like to I mean, simplify michael you you study like i heard you talking about turing complete and stuff like that this is it's you know to simplify it's not that hard you know once you get 
the execution, once you figure out that blockchain, you can divide it into three layers, right? There's the whole modular blockchain meme that's going around, but it's, it's a good meme and it's, it's nice for people to understand it, to educate themselves. So a, a blockchain is, 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 is divided into like three layers. You can think about it. Data, execution, and consensus or settlement. So a roller, basically what it does is just executes the trans. It just calculates the transactions and put the, puts down the answer, uh, the state into the settlement layer. So it's, it's not, you know, it's, it's, it's not that complex if you, if you think about it, but definitely implementing that solution and making it work. That's, that's the hard part. All right. I mean, I mean, look, all of this, I mean, there's, I don't know, I, I'm hesitant to like start asking you about like the details of like who's doing what and how security, you know, I think that like, um, but I mean, you I, can, I, you can, de Michael, you can definitely hit me up. Like if you have, like, if you want to go deeper and dive like in, into our design, which we're, we're pretty, you know, we're pretty happy to, to dive into some details and I'm sure I'm not, some saying, I'm not saying you wouldn't be happy to do it. I'm just saying like, you know, I, I feel, I would feel like, okay, well, I'm ignorant here and just like, you know, just sort of like um, asking for remedial help. But um, I don't know. I think that like, I, I think that, that the scalability of decentralized systems is like just incredibly cool and incredibly important. And, you know, I think that like, you know, if, if what's going on here is we're sort of like, um, you know, offloading stuff in the, the security model of like, um, of like having other people do like having other chains do some of the like calculation work. And like, how do you make sure that that doesn't become a vector for attack? Like, I, I mean, the, to me, like, that's a thing that can be solved, right? Like, and that's sort of the, I think it's really cool. I mean, I'm like, you know, it's like the other side of the world from like the stuff I spend my time thinking about, which is like, much more like what color should this button be but um it, i just think it's i think that with the roll-up stuff is super cool so i don't know that, that's all i really have to say about it that's cool thanks michael yes yeah, that that question is something that i would have never asked so i'm glad you asked it i always appreciate when smart people that are in this space they ask questions to one another because it's just something that you know i'm not sure i'm not saying anyone in here but most of us probably would have never thought that asked that particular question and i understood what you guys were saying so you know it's like I, I love these shows because i get to learn all day so i really appreciate when 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 people like yourselves come by and, and just spread knowledge and help me learn yeah. more because that's what it's all about so yeah i'm really trying to you know to simplify things and not take this conversation to be you know for being too much technical that's why i think like if you think about it, like metaphorically, the state kind of city metaphor is, is, is a good metaphor, you know, because if you, if you can put as much countries in the world as you can, like the Cosmos ecosystem, that's nice. But we can also provide with like cities and, and states and, and have those things. And it, 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 it might sound like a buzzword, but I do really believe like the metaverse is going to be built on top of rollups. And, you know, every like, for example, the apes. And the ape coin they're looking for to build their own chain right now and they can come to cosmos but i think like in the future games will have roll-ups and they're going to have like interconnected uh role of communication like there's idc so it's going to be irc and everything is going to be on another dimension 
And this is exactly why we call dimension dimension, like because we see the future as something that's a roll-up centric future that has another dimension of scale and could take like blockchain technology into games and into metaverse apps and into like use cases where developers could simply just, you know, plug and play and not worry about validators, not worry about scale. It's just is that easy. Yeah, I mean I understand that. It's, thank you. So does anyone have any questions? Oh, you have a question. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Mary. Hey guys, thanks. Um, my question is about dimension. So I've been doing a little bit of reading on optimistic rollups, and I just want to make sure that I'm following. So I'm just going to reiterate my understanding, and then I have a couple of follow-up questions. And I'm sorry to hear my dog barking. <laughs> um, so it with the osmosis example, where osmosis is having this rollup service, does that mean that the rollups are happening? on dimension, but then the actual sediment layer is osmosis? No, that's, that's a great question. So the rollups, what they do is provide like a state and they put it down to the sediment layer, which is on dimension. So it's not really attached to, to osmosis, but you could get lifted up and you could pay on that rollup with osmosis. Um, but to your question, the rollup settles on dimension. Okay, got it. And then my understanding of optimistic rollups is there's usually a week waiting period where the validity of the the batch transactions can be challenged. So, you know, you get a bunch of transactions that happen on the rollup and then those get settled. But there's a week of waiting period before people can touch their money because all of these transactions were optimistically assumed to be valid and so that waiting period allows people to challenge the validity of it and so i'm just curious how like the, the fraud proofs work it with um dimension yeah that, that's that's an that's an amazing question because we have some really cool innovations in terms of in terms of disputes and in terms of optimism we have uh, a flavor of optimism that we call verified optimism which has some tweaks about the finality of transactions. So in, in basically you have, I would say three forms of finality. One is soft finality, which basically the, the transaction hits the sequencer and it's immediately approved. Then you have verified finality and then you have um, the final state that which is completely final after the fraud dispute. Um, but uh, to your question, because we have the L1, we have the settlement layer and we have the ability that Cosmos gave us to, to tweak the modules as we want to tweak them, we have the ability to prioritize transactions and build whatever we want to build on the L1 to get those transactions finalized as soon as possible. So we have kind of a good flavor in terms of finality and we're challenging the, the optimistic design that you read about. Oh, cool. So that in, in, in that case, me as a user, I wouldn't necessarily have to wait a week to get my money because you guys have some genius. No, you would not. You would not. You would not. You would not have. It would be smooth. The only thing is if you're challenging us, let's say it was like $2 billion, right? If you, if you want to withdraw the roll up, if you want to get out with $2 billion, that, that's going to be hard. But there are, you know, for the average Joe, it's, it's in and out as simple as possible. It's just, it's just like rolling into another chain from the experience perspective. Okay, cool. Got it. Thanks. So Mary, I, I just instantly followed you back. 
If you don't mind, um, obviously you're intelligent and it seems like you're building or you're doing something in this space. So what, what actually are you doing? Uh, so I am a software engineer and um, my, my day job is an iOS engineer specifically, but obviously I like crypto <laughs> and um, I'm actually helping out informal systems um, with just doing like a research project. And a lot of it is based on uh, rollups. And so that's where my research has been um, been spent. But I, I just started and I'm pretty novice to you know, rollups in general. So still learning. I'm glad you stopped by. You just, you clearly added value with your question. So I appreciate that. Um, that was, that was a, a way better, way better question than my question. So thank you. <laughs> um, Thanks. Uh, Thanks, man. I, I just want to drop in here that I always forget to say this, but we are hiring engineers, both mobile and go engineers at pylons. Um, so, you know, if you're listening to this and you're like, you know what I want is like a paycheck from a blockchain company to write software for blockchain, then you should reach out to me because I can help you with that. Yeah, I'm glad you shared that because that's one of the things that I talk about. Um, I'm actually going to be presenting down in Austin and they just wanted to, to know me being just basically an average Joe of how I got started. And, you know, I'm not a coder, I'm not a developer, but there's so many different ways that you can get involved in crypto because one, it's just grown such at a rapid speed. There's just not enough people to help. So, I mean, if you want to, if you're obviously, if you have skill, you can code and you can build, that's you're 100% in the door. But even someone like myself, you know, I, my, my job essentially is to help multiple different blockchains. I just do all the dirty work, you know, like I do all the work. I just help. I, I connect people. I help with, um, computer or users that need questions about whatever. And, you know, there's so many different avenues and ways to get involved with crypto, even if you just want to do it part time. And then you're like, Hey, I want to take the leap of faith and just do this full time. You can definitely get involved. So keep, always keep that in mind. But yeah, so thanks for that question. And does anyone have any follow-ups? You said it's, I always, I've already had the conversation with you. It's Eish or Elish? It's Isha, yeah. It's Isha. Isha. I know it's a, hard, it's a hard one, guys, but you know, it is what it is. So it's, it's Isha. And, and somebody joked around on our Discord that maybe I took the Ys uh, and put it like in our name. But yeah, we, we put the Y because of we're scaling towards the Y. Kind of a geekish, kind of a geekish name joke. No, but it's. I think it's clever, actually. I mean, all all you know, all blockchains are is math. So it's just pure math. So makes sense. So does anyone yeah. else have any questions? I mean, you can ask me, uh, DM me on Twitter if you don't want to speak, and then we can ask. But yeah, I mean, um, that's awesome. I mean, you're seeing the the future, and uh, you know, I do understand. We at, at some point. You know, like the only the only solution would be to spin up another chain off of your chain. So I don't think that's really sustainable either, because you need a new validator set and you have to do all that when uh, if there's already going to be a, a better solution, so to speak. So that makes complete sense. Yeah, definitely. This technology is just beginning, and like I'm I'm super positive that I told you guys like that. You're you're gonna hear lots of solutions and roll-ups uh, even come up into the ecosystem. And hopefully, like I mentioned, we'll, we'll be a dominant solution. And uh, if you guys are interested, like join our Discord, uh, follow us on Twitter. If you have any questions, just feel free to DM me on Discord if you want to get involved somehow. Uh, yeah, 
and thanks a lot, Haas. Appreciate the time and appreciate um, your hospitality here on this on this space. Thank yeah, my you. my pleasure. Again, like my door is always open. So even if you just wanted to stop by one of my shows and just give an update, you know, just hit me up before, and then yeah, I mean that's that's what it's all about. So appreciate your time, and uh, so you're gonna. I think you're going to definitely help secret for sure. Secret. Yeah. They could use it. So. Definitely. And speaking of secret, Eli is with Sienna and Sienna recently has Sienna loan or lend. So, uh, Eli, if you want to go and and tell us about Sienna land, how it's going. Hi guys. How are you? What's going on, buddy? Uh, so just a quick update on my end. Uh, so Friday we launched Sienna Land finally. Uh, so you can can go on app.sienna.network. You could uh, convert your IBC tokens using our IBC bridge into secret tokens. Uh, you could then use those tokens and deposit them into lending pools to earn some pretty good APRs. So just to give you guys some examples of what you can expect to earn. We have... Uh, 30% APR on USD, 57% on Atom, 37% on Luna, 110% on Osmo, and uh, 33% on XMR. So uh, come try it out. Join our socials. Uh, you know, we'd love to hear some feedback. So our, let's say I have Osmo right now, and I want to send it over. I obviously use the bridge to... to for people out there, Secret Network is a privacy by default smart contract uh, L1. So you don't just send over like your Osmo or your Luna. You have to wrap it, which is a SNP20. Essentially, what that makes is it a pri- it's a, it basically at that point, it's a privacy token that's still auditable uh, with, with their technology. But so like, let's say I have Osmo. And I want to send it over. After that, like, what do I do? I do. Do I need another private key that's specifically for that lending? Um, I guess contract. Right. So um, once you wrap your Osmo into a secret Osmo, then you'll need to deposit that secret Osmo in the lend pools, and you'll get a corresponding viewing key for your uh, Sienna Lend tokens. So you'll get SL Sienna Lend uh, secret Osmo tokens. And then to earn rewards on that, you'll need to deposit your SL tokens into the rewards pools for the lending. Also, I should mention Sienna Lend is um, the first private lending protocol anywhere. Uh, the first on secret, but the first private anywhere. So how it would just show like the initial interaction with the contract, but it wouldn't show like, hey, Haas brought over uh, Fifty or hundred S Osmo, like how does that work? Yeah, precisely. So the the details of your interaction are hidden, the amounts, etc. But uh, yeah, they only see that you interacted with the Sienna Lend uh, secret Osmo contract, for example. They don't see anything beyond that. Okay. And then, um, how are the rewards d- disseminated? Is it by per block, or is it just once after so many hours? Like, how is that working? So it uses an, an epoch system. So uh, I believe every 24 hours, um, up to 24 hours. Uh, also, the reward uh, for the lending pools come from inflation. We also have a variable interest model. So the interest is constantly changing depending on the depth of the liquidity pools. And uh, yeah. And then the rewards are in Sienna, correct? 
yeah, the rewards are in CN. Nice. That's good. Yeah, I'm all about that, man. Like, just the more options that we all have in Cosmos is the better, you know? It's like, I always say, um, you know, I, I use Sienna. I enjoy Sienna. Even if I technically have someone come on the show and I don't use their service, I just think the more options, the better. It's just that those particular platforms have to find um, – because competition is always the best. That's how you – that's just basically just makes the best product. It makes the best, I always say, customer experience. So it's up to the teams and the developers and the, and the, the application to drive the demand. Like, why should we use you? You know, like, so, uh, yeah, I mean, that's cool. Private private lending and borrowing, so to speak. That's the first of its kind. And, um, yeah. Because I always say about Secret is I think it's sustainable and the, the utility and use case of it is always, it, it fascinates me because the way blockchain is currently constructed, you know, financial institutions and individuals with high, um, high value, they're not going to want to just have all their transactions on the chain for the whole world to see instantaneously because that's just, it's not sustainable. People will just copy and paste. So I firmly believe the way that secret, you know, especially if it gets, it scales, um, it's sustainable because that's just the way I think people want to move forward in the global economy. You know, like if even right now, if I buy some Apple stock, like you're not going to know, no one's going to really know. Uh, and, but, but right now, like if I wanted to just buy a bunch of Luna and send it somewhere, like someone could just dox my wallet and then say, Oh, Haas is doing this. Let's just copy it. Or, you know, he's selling this. He must not like that token anymore, you know, but that's, that's kind of the way I always look at secrets just on just like a fundamental, just common sense. Don't even need to know tech. Just that's to me is why one of many reasons why I was always intrigued with secret network. And not only that, like you can still uh, produce your records, like it's still auditable. It's not like, hey, it's just this privacy solution and there's no way of tracking anything. Like you still get a private key and you can still upload your transaction. What's up, Seppi? Hey, guys, uh, I'm kind of driving here. So uh, let me know if my voice is uh, inaudible. <laughs> uh, everything sound OK? Yeah, you just sound like you're on Bluetooth. OK. All right. Um, so the. Um, so on Sienna specifically, so if I bring over Luna and I'm getting uh, paid in Sienna, is that something that that the token, it, the Sienna is sort of, uh, do I have to claim it? Is it auto compounded? And maybe speak on a little bit of the tokenomics of the Sienna token itself briefly. Uh, sure. Yeah. So um, you have to claim manually. You have to claim the rewards manually. Um, tokenomics uh, right now there is uh, just below 3 million circulating Sienna tokens uh, total supply is 10 million so um, <clears throat> once, the, once the tokens once inflation is done and all the tokens are on the open market then we will introduce uh, protocol owned liquidity to deal with the issue of sustainability uh, the use case of the token is uh, <clears throat> uh, mainly governance. So we have governance coming out uh, later in Q2. We also have a launch pad coming out early Q3. And both of these will require the Sienna token. Um, not sure if there's anything else you'd like me to go over. Well, just strategically, um, and you not, may not, I'm not sure you'll be able to really speak to this exactly, but anytime I'm 
earning uh, in um, sort of like non-stable coin or in a protocol token, um, you know, how often I want to claim that, what I want to do with those tokens is largely dependent on sort of like the the long-term price action of that coin since, right, like the yield you get is not technically the yield unless you, um, you know, unless you solidify that in some way. Um, so I just wondering about like the value accrual mechanisms for the, the coin. Is there a protocol, um, you know, is, is there a protocol revenue that's going into the coin, et cetera, et cetera, because there are coins that I'm farming that I'd rather hold. And there's, you know, for reasons of value accrual and there's coins that I'm holding that I might not want to hold for very long. And I, I think it just depends on the tokenomics of that situation. And obviously every protocol wants their token to go up, uh, you know, but at the same time, uh, when the token that you're using to deliver the rewards, um, you know, creates some level of dilution, then that has that has to be kind of taken into account um, when you're thinking of the opportunity cost of whatever you're doing, right? So just maybe speak on strategy a little bit with that uh, based on your tokenomics. Uh, sure, yeah. So that is an issue, of course, um, value accrual. So we're working on uh, supply sinks and other mechanisms to really um, uh, allow the Sienna token to hold its value and gain value. Um, we've just been focused on releasing products up to this point because we had significant delays initially with Lend. Uh, Sienna Lend was supposed to come out way sooner than it did. So our main focus has just been on development, but now we're shifting our focus to actual tokenomics and value accrual. So I can't really speak on that on a high level, but if you'd like to discuss with the, the core team members, uh, you can join our Discord. We're very responsive. You can ask any questions. Yeah, cool. Yeah, it's it just that this is always kind of like part of the broader research from the user perspective. Um, and, um, you know, I've seen things done differently by different protocols. I, uh, I, I've kind of become increasingly interested in the concept of choosing what you receive your rewards in. Like, I've, you know, there's some protocols that, you know, you could get your yield in UST, you could get it in the, in the token that you desire, or, uh, you know, it, or you could have a system where it maybe auto compounds uh, the token that you're receiving or, you know, or have, you know, liquid stake tokens. And there, all of these sort of like details matter because ultimately my ability to sort of like shill your project to someone else is entirely uh, dependent, you know, on my trust of the tokenomics, generally speaking. So I think every protocol should be really, really focused on that. Um, because I think for 20, the rest of the year and next year, I think um, that's going to largely make and break most protocols uh, from the perspective of uh, more savvy users who uh, are going to expect strong value accrual mechanisms. I, I know for sure on Terra, where, you know, the, the crowd is becoming increasingly sensitive to that. Um, and um, a lot of the protocols have responded in kind to, uh, to some degree or the other. Anyway, so just some thoughts for you guys. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, we're definitely looking into it. But uh, at this stage, there's nothing that I can really offer you. Crow. 
Yeah. So, I mean, like that's like Safi just like reiterate what he was saying. I mean, that's um, like I said, w- whether I use a protocol or not, that's very important at the end of the day is like the, the vision, uh, you know, you might not even have a product yet, but if you have like a really good vision, you can obviously get people to to invest in. And that's really important at the end of the day, whenever, yeah, you might be getting a certain to- token at whatever percent, but like, you know, at the end of the day, it just comes down to just simple economics. Like why should I hold any particular token, whether, you know, that's a, a protocol or just even any, any crypto really in general. So, you know, that would be something for um like sienna and just any protocol like hey this is why you should invest you know we're going to do this this is what we're going to try to leverage our technology for we're you know like what i like about secret is that you know it's not just ibc right now like you can do bitcoin ethereum um monero there's a bunch of them that aren't technically ibc tokens and you know that's you said you have a Monero pool, correct? Uh, yes, yes. There's a Monero lending pool. So they just basically bridge it. Over. I, I, I didn't. I've never bridged over Monero. So they just bridge it over, and then that's basically their the SXMR token, and then they're just good to go after that. Yeah, exactly. They can use our Monero bridge. They can convert it to secret Monero, and then they can use that to interact with uh, Sienna's applications. So, like, Eli, you're, like, more on, like, the business development side? Is that what it is? Uh, Community management. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, um, if you want to set something up to, not saying I don't value your your expertise, but there's, like, the pure tokenomic standard of it. If someone from the team wants to stop by, maybe even next week or whatever, just to kind of give us an update. Like, I know the tokenomics part of it, how, like, the 10 million max and all that, like, the, the actual tokenomic of it's solid. Just need to know it'd be good to touch on like, okay, well, this is what we're trying to do. This is why you should technically hold our token like over this long stretch. And then especially right now, because the market's been complete shit. So, you know, people are reconsolidating into different things. You know, like I've been for the most part, I've been consolidating a lot of my positions into just like Luna because it's been kind of holding pretty steady, you know, to me like a 20 or 30% dip is nothing, but it starts to get obnoxious when it's like, you know, a token, a token goes from whatever point to 80% or something. And it's just like, oh man, that's kind of a bummer. So, but yeah, I mean, a lot of these tokens right now, I mean, not financial advice, but they got pretty beat up. So like if it has a really good utility use case and tokenomics, like it could be really um, lucrative once the market goes back. Because I mean, the market's always knock on wood, but it usually always goes back. So um, that's kind of my just little tip of investing so to speak but does anyone else have any questions for eli or sienna if you do you can just raise your hand or you can dm me so eli what's going on with the uh, with the nfts um so the dow for uh, sienna knights is in development right now um but for now, they can uh, they have early access to all products. So they had early access for land. They had early access for our fiat on ramp a couple of weeks ago. And yeah, we're continuing to think of new ways to give the NFT collection some utility. Nice. So t- talk about that too. I don't know if people realize this. You guys have like onboarding directly from a debit card or credit card, correct? 
Yeah, it's, it's uh, through switchier.com. So unfortunately, it's not open uh, to U.S. residents, but uh, pretty much everyone else. Okay. Yeah, U.S. is terrible with it. Eventually, they'll get on board. But that's just the way that we can get mass adopted. If you could just literally any platform, you know, if you want to use, if you want to dox yourself on osmosis and just like, hey, here's my debit card. I want to throw a bunch of UST in there. Then you can, or you can remain private at the same same realm too. It's totally. I just think it should be up to the user. That's why I like secrets. Like you can, you can dox yourself if you buy NFTs, or you can remain silent too. So it's your choice. But um, so earnmost, are you you guys on here right now? I know earnmost is like a an aggregate. Hey, they're on there. I'm gonna invite you up. They're an aggregator for uh, Evmos, and I'm interested to find out more. Thanks, Eli. Thank you, Hans. Anytime, my man. Hello, can you guys hear me? Okay, yes. Cool. Well, uh, thank you very much for offering this time to for us to talk a little bit about our project. Uh, different from the previous presenters, I am zero technical guy. I am the business developer for this project. And uh, to tell you a little bit about the history of our project and then uh, tell you a little bit about our, ourselves and details about our project. Just a group of friends who... Uh, got together i am actually uh, a brazilian guy living in mexico uh, my colleagues are in asia so it's a combination of, of cultures and that's why they could not join us today on the call because of the time difference there uh, but basically i come from the traditional financial uh, market and uh, we were always talking about you know ways that we could do things uh, uh, and i was always interested in many projects across many blockchains that were always offering amazing uh, APIs or APYs or APRs. And I was always shocked to see that. And little, I did not know how to use or take the benefit of it. So by talking to these friends of mine, what we did was, uh, well, you know, let's try to get something here, uh, like an algorithm or a way to optimize yield. And uh, I believe the decision to go with Cosmos is because like Cosmos, we believe in the multi-chain ecosystem. So the idea was for people like me who are very, very zero technology driven and uh, just from, you know, one favorite blockchain or from, from your own preferred blockchain, you can actually access or through this interchain ecosystem, you can access all the different uh, uh, yields being offered around the, the other chain. So that's the idea where the project was born. Uh, <clears throat> and then we decided to get together and uh, form ADAPT. We started speaking to the Evmos team, and we got a grant from the Evmos team to launch. Uh, Evmos launched just last week, and uh, so we've been following because we need all the DeFi projects to be uh, implemented and, and launching as well before we can start having some really cool strategies and so on. The project is heavily based on on the community because we want you know the people to join and uh, uh, bring suggestions of possible strategies or possible ways that we can uh, maximize returns uh, so that's the key factors of of the project and uh, so right now we're on you know we everything's developed we're just finalizing the audit process of the code because we know very concerned about security so we want to make sure that everything is, is, is kosher before we launch but the idea is that we will launch in the next few days so this week for sure uh, we are already talking to some of the DeFi projects that have launched uh, in, within the Evmos uh, ecosystem. So Diffusion, Kronos, Costland, Nomad, we're all already talking and collaborating with these guys. Uh, and we have, after we launch, we have a, a, like a, a three-phase pro process roadmap, if you will. 
So we have the first one where we're going to collaborate with the, the fundamental DeFi projects. Uh, of course, we're going to always seek you know, the, the best yield optimization strategy possible. And uh, we believe that this will be about a month or so. You know, we're going to be on this, uh, that we call the genesis phase. And then uh, after that, we're going to go to the gamma phase where we actually plan to launch our own token. Uh, but also that's when we are going to use the curve and convex model uh, that uh, we believe is going to bring more benefits to both our partners as well as the investors of the token. <clears throat> so they can lock you know, through us and get higher rewards. That's, that's basically it. In the meantime, uh, they, they, those investors can earn boosted rewards through us. So uh, we hope that within this phase, we're going to bring a lot of liquidity to all those, those other DeFi protocols. Uh, and of course, this phase, we estimate you know, between six or seven months but after that, we're going to go to the data phase, and uh, that's uh, you know like an homage to the to the Cosmos upgrade. But that's when we're going to implement the cross-chain facilities, and that's when it really gets very very sexy because you can go across all other uh, chains in the other ecosystems to try to see whatever best result you can get for the investor. So uh, that's where we believe that we come uh, uh, full circle as far as you know the initial idea of the project is. But of course, we're not going to stop there. So we're always going to try to continue and uh, build more dApps. Uh, and the idea is always to fulfill uh, those uh, cross-chain demands for the, for the future as we see coming. So it was, it was very interesting to see, you know, uh, the presentations that came before us because you could see, like, you know, I remember when Michael was speaking at the beginning that he was saying that uh, their project began because they were trying to see, uh, to create as a, a user experience that is as smooth as possible, which is exactly what we want to try to do. You know, try to create a user experience that, as convenient as possible, a one-stop shop for people who are not so technically minded. Uh, so, you know, that's, it was, it was cool to see, uh, you know, that everybody has the same idea of making the process simpler, make it more, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, community-driven. So you have more people coming in and having a say and driving the direction or the strategies where the protocols and the projects go. So this is what drives us. Uh, so this is like, in a nutshell, this is a little bit of what I, I wanted to present. Again, I apologize for not being the technical guy that can maybe offer you know, some, uh, some technical answers for you guys, but I'm, I'll be happy to write them down and then have my, my, my colleagues join, the other co-founders join. Uh, you also can talk to us on Telegram, Discord. Uh, we'll provide you all the channels uh, a bit later. So uh, that was it. That, that's, uh, thank you very much, Cosmos Fox, for having us, uh, giving us the time to talk. Yeah, my pleasure. <laughs> you did, yeah, you did a really good job. Uh, I, I'm going to start doing more Thursday night shows. So I don't know what time that would be for those guys. So we can get more into like technicalities yeah. and all that, but Thursday night will but, work. But, but, Thursday night will work. I mean, okay. They're, they're just, yeah, I'm going to, I think I'm going to start doing. So like I'm in the East coast of America. So it's like seven here. So that would be 20. I just do coordinated UTC. So 23, well, I don't do all they are, they are 12 hours away. Life. They are 12 hours exactly from me. So right now it's uh, three in the morning there. And uh, it's, uh, okay. yeah, so uh, that, if you do it so, every Thursday night, that, that would be fine. I mean, of course, they, they are up early. They go, go to bed late. But just tonight was, uh, it was just a crazy night for them to join. But all the other nights, they well, would no, I, to join. Yeah, I understand. And what you're, what you're trying to do, and we preach this all the time, is basically, I just say customer experience. We just want you know, one click transactions for whatever. And what you guys are building, there's an app for Terra's eco. It's called TVM.com. It's kind of the same thing. They're trying to build essentially a, a data, just like 
an app where you can just go on and get the best prices for NFTs, the best trades that yeah. doesn't. So it sounds like you guys are similarly doing that for like the Evmos and then also trying to get into like the rest of the Cosmos ecosystem. That's the idea. That's correct. That's, that's exactly what the, what the project is. And, uh, you know, like you said, user experience is what, uh, it's what's behind the whole thing. You know, I think that, uh, especially coming from the traditional financial system, you see that there's a lot of interest, but also a lot of fear when you talk to, to, to people in general about cryptos and digital assets in general. So by providing, I think, a very uh, uh, secure, very easy to understand, also easy to navigate system that you can search and, and seek all those returns and all the potential that exists in the market, that somehow it may be hard for uh, people like me or a lot of people to understand. I think that that's actually key and that what's the big driver for our project. Yeah, it's just not even just your project, but just crypto in general. I mean, we just need it to be easier. I'm in a, I do crypto uh, at least six days a week, about 12 to 15 hours a day. And then Sundays I do the show and then I kind of chill out. But yeah, I mean, even for myself, it could be a little bit challenging because you have to like go, you have to have all these different wallets and you have to do, you have to go on this chain then go to that yeah. chain and yeah. Cosmos is so smooth. So I, I, it's even, you know, it's a lot easier, but it can, it can improve drastically and stuff like that. Yeah. Like this is, is a great solution. Yeah, that's, that's the plan. And that's exactly the idea. And uh, I think that that's, you know, ever evolving. So more people are going to come on board and uh, more services are going to be. I mean, I just remember, especially on the personal level, when, when Michael was talking about the collect collectibles, you know, having tickets from concerts or from games and things, you know, I, I, I would love that, you know, that would be so such a cool uh, service that, uh, you know, that's something that strives. So I'm, I'm sure that there's a variety of other things that can be offered that will attract more and more people. So that's the, that's the plan. Nice. Yeah, we'll try to, we'll set something up. But like I said, I'm going to start doing it Thursday. So that'll be like bright, bright and early for those guys. Yeah. Yeah. We that would be great if you do that. You know, those are, those are the super intelligent genius guys, uh, computer science <laughs> engineers that could really sort of rock the, the boat with people's questions and things, which I'm afraid I'm, I do not reach that level yet. Well, did they tell you like your first, um, your first use case, so to speak, is it just going to be, okay, well, since there's all these different DGEN uh, applications on Evmos, you're going to be able to just use this and see like the best trades and stuff. Is that what your first plan is? That is the idea, yeah. We have already started uh, some with Diffusion, which is a, 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 one of the first projects to launch after Evmos went live. So we already have some strategies and some new uh, returns that are amazing. You can check out on our Twitter account. There's even a challenge to try people to try to guess how many uh, how many figures are on the on the return on the on this specific strategy? But that's the idea, you know. Uh, Outer compound, the basic strategy to begin with, and then we jump into uh, on the on the second phase to a V token, curve convex model, uh, as we say, and then uh, eventually we jump into the to the other phase where we go a full uh, multi chain uh, uh, strategy for for interchain, you know, account module and so on. So that's the idea. Is there going to be? Uh... I know there's orbits. Is there going to be multiple NFT platforms on Evmos? Do you know? Or is it just going to be kind of orbits as like the go to? From from what from what I've heard, so I mean, I, I'm sure you know Fred and the guys, uh, Liam and the guys from Evmos can speak much better than I can. But from what I've heard on the community calls, on the weekly community calls, it's just going to be the the apes for for the beginning with. There's not going to be a lot of other NFTs. But there are other projects they have not launched yet, but they're they're on the pipeline. If you see there on the on the Evmos ecosystem, there are, there are a few NFT projects already in the works. Well, yeah, there's a couple. I just meant like the actual marketplace where people are going to be able to sell and trade 
their uh, Evmos NFTs. Because what uh, TVM's trying to do, so there's all kind of different platforms for uh, or marketplaces for Terra-based NFTs. They basically, it's like a um, just like an overview. Okay, well, if you want to get this, you can buy it for this much. Sure, sure, yeah. Uh, do not know for sure. I would assume so because it makes total sense. Uh, and you would attract even more, you know, more people and more users, more traffic for it. But uh, I, I cannot assure you that that that's going to be happening. Okay, but I would, I believe so. It'll, yeah, it's going to happen. I mean, I don't want to. I love NFTs. <laughs> I, I basically love NFTs. I have NFTs all over the place. But it would be just nice <laughs> if I could just like have an app, right? And it's yeah, like, yeah. I can just yeah. have a filter. I could put all the different chains that I like their their NFTs, and then it literally just show right on the screen without Absolutely. me having to go through 17 different pages to find them you know yeah absolutely absolutely it is a great idea but thanks for stopping by does anyone uh, you somebody had a question actually where did you go maybe they dropped off but if anyone has any questions for um <coughs> earn most now's the time but they yeah, i appreciate you guys stopping by hey. and then Thank you very much. Uh, I appreciate all the other presentations as well. Very, very interesting. So uh, we will be joining the calls uh, as, as many times as we possibly can. And if you guys have any other questions, anybody on the audience, you know, feel free to contact us, uh, Telegram, Discord, Twitter, every other uh, place you can find on all those channels. Okay. So thank you very, very much, guys. Appreciate that. I think someone just DM me. Let me see. Hmm, maybe not. <laughs> But yeah, we'll we'll set something up. I'm I'm uh, I'm looking forward to uh, hopefully Evmos. You know, it's, I think it's going to bring value. And luckily, not by not not by their decision, but I think they kind of dodged a lot of this market crap. So hopefully, yeah. it'll bring optimism and I guess yeah. opium to 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 us all because the, the market has been really bad for everyone. So absolutely, absolutely. We also hope so, and that we believe so. You know, after this new launch, everything's been very stable and very, very okay. You know, so I think that they worked very well on the security part as well. So everything's going very smooth as well. So it's good. Great. Looking forward to it. What's going on, Tricky? Been real quiet. Been uh, playing around with my dog. My bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. He's been bugging me. I haven't taken him on a walk yet, so he's, he's a little upset with me. That's funny. But definitely listening. It's been a really good. Uh, this morning yeah i mean it's just a different one you know people came up and building technologies and things you know that are going to improve i think the cosmos ecosystem and just crypto in general and you kind of have to go that route because it's uh you know if you're in it and you're like looking at your usd value of like your investments you know it's not too positive at the moment so you can only think about you know the future to me is cosmos and all the chains being connected and interoperability so you know i think these are all good steps in the right way hey mayor what's up mayor hey guys hello hoss uh been enjoying listening to uh these uh different protocols um sounds like there's some good stuff um i'm excited for evmos too um is uh Staking rewards on Evmos, I think they're gonna they're gonna kick it in here in like a day or two, right? Do you guys know when it? I know that they they had rewards turned off for like three days. Do you guys know? It should. I don't know exactly what day, but yeah, it should be within the next day or two. Yeah, for inflation reward. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, inflation rewards won't be back for a while until crop pass. Uh, heads up, everybody. Jimmy's coming up. Let's have some fun. Got a lot. But inflation, yeah, inflation rewards won't be back until they pass a prop. Right now, there's one that's up, but I think the consensus is that we're it's going to be a no because they're still claiming issues. And the whole point of turning off inflation to begin <laughs> with was to uh, get back to a point where claiming was was back to normal and working. That's right. Um, I wasn't sure, but I, I did see that some people were still having some issues claiming uh, their Evmos airdrop. And I, I, that's the whole reason why rewards are turned off right now. So everyone can somewhat get a level playing field before in, inflation rewards kick in. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of a two-sided thing. I get both sides, but since we've uh, already come in here? inflation, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, what's up, Jimmy? I like what's up, Jimmy? Um, sorry, do you guys know know me by any chance? I, I don't know if I've ever met you. Oh yeah, we. You're well. You're well known in this show, my man. <laughs> okay, well, I, I don't you, know. I, this is the first time I've ever been on a Cosmos space, but I'm a Cosmos soldier. Okay, I'm a pilot. I've you. I've heard you in Cephas spaces. You've been on a couple. Don't. I've heard you in Cephas spaces. Yeah, you guys have good conversation over in some of the other spaces. Jimmy. Jimmy, yeah, you're actually like a super smart guy. I think that's pretty obvious. Uh, and then you're also really funny when you're a smart ass too. <laughs> okay, well then I've lost everything to say and I got nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can at least hang out and talk. How's the odd gang doing? Oh, you know, otters are finding pebbles. But you know what? Pebbles, people like sell them for a lot of money nowadays. Um, but they're not worth that much. Has yeah, anyone been uh, able to claim their raw yet? Yeah, I was probably, able to claim it. Probably another airdrop Sefi needs to uh, claim. Yeah. Oh boy, what do uh, I gotta do? Maybe. Uh, uh, Go to routedout.zone. Let's see, it was for uh, Juno stakers, uh, Adam uh, Juno LP providers. There was three different categories, right, for the airdrop? Yeah, they changed the original ones from away from the Adam Staker, so um, it's a little different. But uh, I just posted the the last one up there has the link to claim the airdrop. Um, <clears throat> good news, though, actually, I up until now they've said that Juno will be the base pair for all pools on Juno Swap, um, but I think they just confirmed that through the raw DAO governance, they can you can vote to uh, start raw based pools. So that adds a lot more value to raw than if it was just going to be like a governance and inflation token. Do, do you see it? It's on the far left up there, Sefi. If you don't. Yeah, I picked that up. I, I thought you guys were talking about raw, like the Egyptian god, but this is this is much more clear. Thank you. Oh, man. Yeah, we're really, we're really into Egyptian. <laughs> the winged dragon of raw. Do you guys think raw is going to be worth anything, though? Like, I don't know. I just find it hard. Like I hate to be negative. I just don't know the value accrual mechanism with with raw because, like, it to me, it just doesn't differentiate from any other decks, so to speak. I, I just get the the I you know I don't want to be negative, but I can just. Can you see what happened to uh, DeFi Kingdoms the other day? No, it's also a deck. Uh, well, it's on another chance on Harmony, but it went down ninety percent because um, it was found out that the original seeders of the original liquidity pool was uh actually the founder of the project who was continually selling 
the rewards. So it was the first pool, first reward seed. And so basically for nine months, he's been selling those rewards. He said it wasn't him though. And so through some on-chain analytics, they found out it was actually him. So I think the issue isn't uh, DEX tokens being valuable today. It's basically an investment in the honesty of the team. Because in five years from now, if the DEX is still around, most DEXs don't survive. If, if that makes sense, right? Most DEXs don't survive for a variety of reasons, mostly because of greed and so on. But if they do survive, you've seen actually most DEX tokens have actually done really well over five years. But over the near term, they do very badly because there's a lot of competition. So, for example, SushiSwap is um, worth 300 million right now, right? SushiSwap is at the same level it was in 2020. But if you held it since, you know, for five years, you've been, you would have done pretty well, right? There aren't many DEXs out there that, um, that have uh, a lot of good tokenomics inside of their token, right? Um, it's really hard to be a DEX and have good tokenomics. Either you can be rewards, governance, inflation, but in a sense, those things really don't matter that much. You could use them for airdrops. Some decks are trying to do um, uh, launch pads, so you need to stake the token. But even if you do all of the above, does it really matter? I'm not entirely sure. But most decks just die along the way. So we could expect that there's consolidated periods where this is like one of the very few decks on the, on the chain that you know, is innovative and does new things. Then over time, you'll still figure it out and add value to the token. But uh, to any kind of near-term prediction of its power, perhaps in terms of price, next two years is kind of irrelevant in my opinion yeah it's, it's not clear to me uh like jimmy's saying whether a dex actually needs a token um i think they sort of exist for a variety of reasons but mostly to kind of seed and kind of entice people but at the well, end obviously of the day, you can incentivize the team right how does the team make money exactly well there's that well see if you have a dex that where the the fees from the transactions go partly to the so team small, partly though, to the LP. they're very small yeah, I know they're very small, exactly. So it, it would have to be such a scale that the transactional value scaled to the point where, you know, they made money and the LPs made money and all, all the tokenomics in between is probably just mostly nonsense. Uh, so a Uniswap fork is 30 basis points. And if you add things like NFTs and so forth and get small transactions from that, but okay, what's 100 million times 30 basis points? It's yeah. not much. So raw raw is the pairing token for the Juniswap decks, correct? Yes. I just yeah. I unless the the decks has some sort of different value to it, I don't I don't really get into like the L2 parts of them. Like I'd rather it be like how Osmosis and like Crescent and you know, they're their own chain. I think you could do more as opposed to being built on top. I don't know. Maybe that's his main. Well, I remember Do Kwan, for example, was wondering if Anchor Protocol should become its own chain inside of Terra, right? Because everyone's using Anchor. Anchor's block space is crowded. Anchor itself, if it was spun off, if it was spun off, doesn't pay for the validation of the compute of the transactions on chain, right? Right? But... Obviously, Anchor has a lot of weird governance issues. How do you spin it off and so on? I think the main issue is ANC, as an example of a token, really isn't worth much. I mean, there's, what, 17 billion on Anchor? Am I incorrect? Something like that, 17, 16 billion? And how much is ANC worth? Like three, 500 million? 400 million? That's kind of weird. 
Yeah, it's kind of this like weird. Both mirror and anchor have like just uh, a lot of emissions. And mirror has seven hundred million PPL. Yeah, I mean, like the the way that the both mirror and anchor were designed, like they're not designed for any kind of immediate uh, growth vector, um, long term growth vector. I don't know, but short term, it's obvious they're just they're inflationary. And um, unless you were going to hold the thing for governance or whatever, it, there, there's just too many other opportunities. So I would say looking at the history of token, um, it is very clear to me that game tokens are prone to extreme volatility, correct? Um, there's bumps and then there's massive dumps. DEX tokens are prone to basically falling off a cliff over a gradual price increase. And then people question their the tokens utility, um, but it should also be said layer ones have very low fees nowadays and no real be- burn mechanism. Like Cosmos doesn't have a burn mechanism, right? So even then, there's questions regarding the token utility. Um, this idea that every token doesn't really need to exist—I mean, you could argue that, right? But uh, I think the issue is more the incentive structure to begin with. You know, teams need to be paid, and how do you keep a team together? you keep a team together with promises that the token that they're going to be getting as compensation is going to be worth something. Um, whether or not it is actually worth something is a good question. You know, they can do lockup periods, but you know, in my opinion, lockup periods for tokens is a huge red flag for me. The reasons why anchor works so well is because there's no lockup. Right. Um, but lockups just, it's the, how do you keep people to stay in your, in your, in your project? It's, it's really hard. Um, I think a lot of projects are dealing with this. There's just too many DEXs, to be honest, but most DEXs suck ass. I'd have to agree. There (laughs) is a lot of overlap, that is for sure, and there's a lot of competition, and it's kind of like you said, they're they're all chasing the same uh, user base. It is definitely capital rotation between the same whales, Um, but it should be said that um, there are some AMMs and DEXs built on chains where you have to feel very bad for the team because it's not their fault that the chain doesn't work, and therefore the DEX or AMM doesn't work properly. The differences in Cosmos, Terra, and Avalanche, the DEXs and AMMs work fine. Um, and therefore, there should be a lot more, I guess you call it, uh, focus on the token utility. If there's nothing you know, stopping the DEX from trying to, to grow into different areas. But I see very little innovation in the DEX space. There's a lot less, there's not much creativity in the DEX teams, to be honest. What would you All they do is lift new tokens. And copy and paste. <laughs> yeah. Jimmy, what, would, what do you think about, like, what would you try to do? What, what would you, you know, you're Well, out. I'm creating a project where the, there's a gamer wrapped around the DEX. And you do this because people who mostly live in Asia, they like games. And they don't know how to use DEXs. DEXs are super fucking confusing. I did a market test of this 10 random people between the ages of 19 to 22, and they couldn't even figure out how to use Curve. Like, it's very scary for them. And this is, like, the new users you're supposed to come into Web3. Not right? to mention, Jimmy, issues with, like, how many people get wrecked, like, with issues with slippage, with, um, you know, all sorts of execution problems where you figure you type in the number 1,000 over here, you think you're going to get 2,000 over there, and you don't. 
Um, you know, it, it just doesn't make any sense, actually, the way that the actual user experience plays out. Well, it should be said, the issues around making money is, is different from the issue of being, of being happy that you lose money. What I mean by this is most people, especially in Asia, when they do financial services stuff, go in fully understanding that they're going to get screwed at some point, right? There are a lot of hidden fees. Um, there's a lot less transparency regarding how um, fintech slash bank stuff works. Um, you know, for example, if you want to buy an ETF or a stock in the U.S. and you live in India, it has to be wrapped by a local bank in that currency. And, um, you know, obviously there's impairment costs as well. And they're much higher, actually, than in crypto, to be honest. Um, but most people are not taking Excel sheets out and trying to plot how much they're going to lose in impairment costs, and how long it's going to take to stake long term to pay off that impairment cost loss. What people really want is knowing that they're going to get fucked but fucked with a smile. So they enjoy the experience of using it, knowing that, you know, this project that they're enjoying, that the community, their friends, people there are going to help them out. They're going to learn about the space. This is their intro into Web3, and it's an exciting experience. And you know what? Most finance for young people is like that. Most young people get fucked on almost every um, investment thing that they do. Hey, Jimmy, uh, as much as you're making me laugh, just because it's Sunday, and I think a lot of people probably listen to this with their f- kids and family in the background, trying to oh, okay, remain from the F-bomb. But yeah, I got hey, you. Hey, quick question, Jimmy. Is is your your crypto background more Ethereum? or I, I can tell you've been in the in crypto for a while. Like, you you know you know your stuff. Like, what, what systems are you more familiar with? Just curious. If you, yeah, if you I would definitely that. say I'm more familiar with Ethereum. Okay. What'd you think about the, uh, the other side fiasco with them? Like so many people getting screwed, trying to, uh, trying to mint, mint stuff. I mean, it, Ethereum's obviously got a lot of bottleneck issues and they, they came out and apologized to a lot of people who just lost thousands of dollars trying to mint, um, some of those land. I mean, I'm sure you you saw what was going on. Yeah, sure. Hey guys, there's a big difference here. At least it works. In Solana, they had congestion issues which brought down the network for almost a day and a half. So you can't even apologize for that. Sorry, it doesn't work. You know, in the case of Ethereum, people can cry about the fees, but they know very well that the fees are going to be astronomically high. Even the optimism fees were high, too. Just because um, of the, the demand is that off the chart. Like, it's just demand. Like Yeah, just- so no matter the fees go up, people still use it. Because in truth, guys... If you're a whale, there aren't that many chains that support your assets. Everything basically supports ETH assets as a store of value in in DeFi. And they chose to mint on Ethereum and clearly they got away with it. If they do it again, you know, in a month or so, there's another project. I would say the same thing will happen. And it's just going to continue happening again and again and again. Just ETH whales are, are, I know a lot of them just don't care that much. They think it's funny. They have so much money, guys. They have so much money in value of ETH. But to be an ETH whale, you had to buy ETH between the price of $30 to $100, which actually for majority of ETH's time was the price. Um, and so if they lose $12,000 to a series of, of transaction fees, I mean, you know, they're really trying to get into these new projects. Uh, you know, take it from their perspective. How do you make return on your ETH in this environment, right? when the market's going down a lot, the fees are worth it. 
I know it sounds stupid, but it has to be rational, guys. There's certain there's a certain rationality that exists for, or else it wouldn't keep on happening. Yo, you guys mind if I comment on this? I actually meant it on the other side. Um, Good. So, as a uh, previous Ethereum maxi, and now I'm just kind of like whatever crypto is cool, right? I'm kind of high, so try and follow me here. Um, the problem that I had with the other side was that they promised a wave. Um, function. They were going to mint in waves and try and control co gas costs. And they made a big deal out of talking about preventing a gas war. We all knew this was would, this would happen. Um, there was literally no effort into it. They had one of the most, uh, there was no smart contract optimization. And like right now, everyone in Ethereum is talking about ways to optimize smart contracts. Like a lot of people are using like the, uh, the Zuki contract and things like that. Like you got to think they burnt as of like last night. I just had a blast just watching how much fucking Ethereum got burned. But um, I believe the contract itself burned $175 million in gas or accrued $175 million in gas spent uh, by like midnight of last night. And that could have been reduced substantially just with a more optimized contract. But at the end of the day, it was so much, it was so much value on chain that was transacted, not just the mint, but like the open sea secondary sales and everything. And really that's that's one of the reasons that, that people launch things on ETH is because it's a secure value chain. It's not a it's not scalable, it's not efficient, you know. I'm not trying to ETH maxi here, but uh, I believe they did but say- Would you also say happen. one of the problems is that in OpenSea, the fact is it's monopoly of ETH whales, right? Because yes. OpenSea added Solana and it doesn't actually work. If they added Cosmos and Terra and things like that to OpenSea, these issues would be lessened because the amount of people who would be moving between more efficient chains and the it, this would not be allowed at that point. I mean, if there was a, you know, transaction uh, growth between, you know, Cosmos, you know, Adam priced NFT assets and Luna priced NFT assets, and people saw clearly the differential between the, the gas fee between one chain uh, token and ETH token. On something like OpenSea, people they they would realize at that point, you know, this there's no reason to do this because it's options. But it's monopoly. They've been very careful to monopolize the the, the secure asset market on DeFi for for the, that's actually useful for whales. And that, there's no that, way of getting out of it. That is so right on point, Jimmy. And and I really appreciate your insight, man. That like you are very precise, and I, I do appreciate it. like that that. That answers my question right there. It just appears, and it's like you said, you know, these these ETH whales that got in at, you know, sub $300 for one Ether, like, you know, they can burn, you know, 1200 bucks in a transaction. But I I guess like my, my question is, it's like not everyone got into Ethereum, you know, sub 300. So it's like they have, like you said, they have a monopoly on the ETH marketplace, but also it's they're 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 producing scarcity and whenever there's scarcity like with this mint sale it's like people just go flipping nuts it 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 boggles my mind it's i guess it's all part of the game it boggles your mind because you think that they're rationally doing it or does it boggle your mind because of the waste because they're different they're different issues the the waste and that people are willing to just i i it i guess i'm having a hard time it it's like you said if you got into eth sub 300 then it's it's not that big of an issue to burn 
you know, a thousand bucks on trying to trying to mint, you know, but I saw some of the transactions. People were, were burning twelve thousand dollars, actually, because of the size. Yes. Right? Yes. I saw um, some of the I yeah, saw, saw that. Too. Mm -hmm. I, I can guarantee you if you would call them up, a lot of these are institutions. They're actually not people. Yeah, they're, they're right? wanting they're wanting to get these pieces of land in in the other side metaverse because they because I mean Yuga Labs is just kind of they're they're just the hottest game in town right now. There's kind of another side to it as well that I think um, I, I apologize I didn't raise my hand guys I see other people I'm sorry for butting in dude. Um, one of the things is that the wallets could mint were KYC wallets, and there were so many people waiting in the wings to buy this this. Uh, meant that weren't KYC and that couldn't afford to buy a KYC wallet. Like that, that was a big process, you know? Um, uh, How much of that was not actually wash trading though? I don't know, man. I feel like, I feel like the real winner in this is OpenSea and OpenSea slash Yuga Labs to some degree. Um, they had the, they accepted a token. They had everything primed in advance, knowing that there would be a big secondary and, uh, Shit, man! They've made who knows how much money in fees. I haven't tried to calculate it, but um, I, uh, yeah, I well, also had the, there's also insider trading that's part of it because they were the ones who had certain wallets. There, there, yeah, there's wallets. always going to be insider trading. Yeah, I, I spent absolutely. some time in the. I, I don't mind that yeah, insider yeah. trading is fully legal. Like, it, there's nothing wrong with the insider trading. <laughs> it 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 just turns so many people off that just don't understand what's really going on. It's like I I don't know. Like, can I ask, do you guys realize that the majority of these KYC wallets probably were talking to each other in Telegram groups while it was happening? For you sure. You guys realize that, right? Yeah. Uh, I know. I'm in some of the Telegram groups. They're talking to each other. I'm and in, I uh, I'm in some ETH spaces. And uh, if I could just talk for a second, Jimmy, uh, I spent some time in some ETH spaces. And uh, I can say, like, there are a lot of users that are pretty upset on the ETH space in this or on the ETH chain. They're, uh, they're actually getting, like, rather fed up. Um, it's actually funny. Like I was spending some time in those spaces, and they're like, like Eve, like Eve Maxis are actually joking about, uh, like how bad this is getting. But if it would happen again, would this occur again? I would probably say yes. It's just the nature of the act. Yeah, up I mean, and people are just talking. I'm going to go ahead and talk. the The idea that rationale and rationality are the same thing is incorrect. And we've I've, I've heard both words kind of pitched around. And to say that something like this. Uh, obviously there's something to it. If it keeps happening, well, what's to it is the is irrational nature of human behavior. We've talked about the manipulation of scarcity already. Like that, that fundamental psychological principle drives everything. Like I'm on the Cardano blockchain mostly. Um, I've been jumping around. Cosmos knows that I'm, I'm trying That's to, create, I'm trying to create blockchain unity and bring people into spaces and talk like this. But it's funny because Jimmy, like you're, you're saying, if we just put, if we had competition in, in open sea, which I'm going to meet the same criteria you were talking about, right? Like my chain does not build on ETH, right? As, as Your chain does not work. Yeah, Your chain yeah. So I'm speaking from a different point of view where like, I'm not beholden to that particular criteria. And it's an important one. But if, we were, if, we're, if we're going to fundamentally argue that all the ones that are, if we would just get the better working ones in one place and show people that there's a better way, I don't know if I can agree with that because coming from Cardano, like, We've been doing that all the time, right? We, oh, we just no, no. I think you misunderstand me, sir. I mean, we, we when Solana thrives. Winning and people go, oh, well, that's not winning. Winning is, uh, is, is volume, is, is where the money's at. It's, it becomes okay. a self-reinforcing yeah. argument. 
We're rich. Yeah, I hate when people say that, people though. Be, and people Are you saying Cardano is where the money is at? Yeah, right, can guys. I respond? Hey, hey guys. It, no, it's not where the money is. Hey, guys. All right. I loved the chatter, but let's try to let everyone speak. I don't want it to become a pissing fight. You know what I mean? No tribalism. Just talk your mind. Let the, you know, let the person speak and then go to the next person. Please. All right. I got my hand up. Who goes first? Honestly, Sindor's had his hand up forever. He, he waited patiently. Yeah, okay. I appreciate it. So go ahead, buddy. Yeah, let's let him go. Yeah. So the, the idea is, and, and I'm not saying don't go into ETH or Solana or anything. Let me start there. I'll restart there. It's just, I, I want to focus on that one point that Jimmy made. If we put it up there and it clearly works better, people will start to like gravitate towards it. No, because of the same point, other point Jimmy was making, which is like, well, we have this self-reinforcing argument. This is where you come to get rich. So come over here, even if it doesn't work. And, and my concern has been in all the spaces, I, I kind of bring this up, the idea that there's this ethos of wag me, wag me, wag me, wag me, and we're all early. No, we're not. Somebody else was earlier than you. We were talking about the whales, right? And, and the ones that got in sub 300. Those people were early. And wag me? No, the principle of capitalism is I'm getting rich by you taking the hit. And this is where we have to be really careful because my greatest interest is in protecting blockchain, blockchain technology, and bringing everybody together. And we're inviting centralized entities to come and regulate us because we have this mentality. We've got to get away from saying, well, because the volume is, this is what's right. We, we can't do that. Can I respond? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So um, the basic, let's go through the, the flow logic of your argument, which is very similar, by the way, of some people in your community, the way that they argue things. Um, things are fundamentally unfair. Cryptocurrency and blockchain makes things more fair. Ethereum continues to make things unfair because of its inefficiencies and its fees and so forth. And anyone who continues to use it, they're obviously irrational because they know that there's alternatives out there, but they refuse to look at it. And a lot of projects are continuing this unfairness. So therefore, look at Cardano. Look at other chains that do something like Cardano because it's an alternative. And whenever Charles mentions ETH, he then mentions how the gas fees are too high, right? And I think the issue of that argument is that people who are doing this um, are not interested in a chain like Cardano that is unproven, which ETH is not. A chain like Cardano, which has lower TVL than some small projects with $100 million market cap, has less transaction volume on-chain, not off-chain like ERC-20 Cardano transaction volume on-chain transaction volume than some sub $1 billion market cap layer ones, right? And so the reason why they continue to use Ethereum and these projects like OpenSea continue to monopolize the space is because for the most part, it's still a very resilient network and it's better led than the other networks, right? Um, you can have ETH maxis complain about it, but at the end of the day, they're going to keep their ETH. They're not going to sell it. And they're not going to swap that into Cardano. And what I find most offensive is that someone like you comes into here and pretends a holier-than-thou nature of his argument as if he's trying to defend um, the blockchain space and then heighten, hikes up his skirt by pointing at Cardano between his legs. So, I'm, uh, first of all, what I brought up, it's a recorded space. Go back and listen to yourself. I literally repeated I'd rather what not. I don't want to listen to you. 
Jimmy, come on. Listen, man. listen to yourself, man. Listen to yourself. I literally <laughs> am responding to something. I listen to myself all the time, dude. Good. You said that if <laughs> there wasn't a problem until I brought up Cardano, and I knew this was going to happen. That's why I did it, Cosmos, just to be clear. If, if you're going to say that OpenSea is going to benefit from bringing these other chains in and showing people there's a better way, that it can be more efficient, like that was your focus until I mentioned Cardano, right? Your focus was on that there was a cheaper way. Then, then the argument should stand that, we, that it's an important focus, okay? I'm not, Ethereum's not going anywhere. It shouldn't go anywhere. It's going to so stand why do you Cardano? Right? They're all important. I hope that we learn from each other. You did have an inherent focus on uh, Cardano. Just just to corroborate Jimmy's point is like you came with an inherent focus on your blockchain, and you also said you support a communal blockchain space. Yeah, so the reason the the other reason I brought up Cardano was because it's the only one that I so far know. Like I I don't know every chain. <laughs> like I'll be transparent about that. I, I don't. That you, know yeah. Okay. But I I it's the one chain I can reference where uh what Jimmy was talking about. We aren't we aren't beholden to like ERC twenty tokens. We aren't beholden to the ETH technology. It was built separately. He it had brought up like you're selling your product. He was what? I just say most Cardano is ERC twenty token Cardano on on exchanges. Just want to point that out. I mean, you're, you're and you're fairly native to your blockchain, and you're allowed to be native to your blockchain, and that is okay. It's not unfair. So the other thing that I am worried about here is talking about better governance because. Again, we're talking about the like the inherent value of blockchain has it's been touted anyways as decentralization. We have to, we're trying to move to a place where the community governs itself, right? Like these are literally trial talking points. Is Cardano um, governed? Wait, can I can I just uh, ask? Is Cardano governed, uh, or how does it work? Well, so the yeah I, I i'm i'm right there with you like charles is still there and he needs to let go at some point yeah, yeah he needs to stop uh, stop posting the goalposts all the time too and i never said that it's not the case like i i'm i'm speaking as far as like the whole oh, no, I'm say, i was saying that i'm sorry i wasn't trying to put yeah. words in your mouth but but it's true right like every chain is still beholden to like the personality at the top of the chain the founder the team whatever and so when we get into these like these conversations about uh, oh, it's governed better. It's like governed by who? If it's not by us, if it's not us figuring this stuff out. And, I actually and don't think the governance you understand how governance works? Yeah, I, I do. But the, the concern is that there's so many people not interested in the current governance mechanisms. And part of it is because of like... Anyway, if Charles, Charles Hoskinson is in charge of it, is it governed? Governance is, you're talking about like a general word? If, like, is if Charles Hoskinson's is in charge of the Cardano blockchain, is it governed at all? Charles doesn't make every choice, but he has a strong Who influence. makes the choices? All right, so I'm going to answer this question. I kind of get where he's going with it. Basically, he's just insinuating whenever you have a political figure at the top, whatever he says is going to go, and I kind of agree with him. We see it even in Cosmos. As much as these, you know, we want governance to be decentralized in cosmos it's like if sunny says something or jack or whatever they're going to sway so many people so i kind of understand what he's saying yeah i think we need to get away from the Can issue I? of cardano and governance go back to the yeah let's let up. Uh, okay i don't know why i got muted but i let's talk about something else <laughs> i actually agree with jimmy I'm gonna, I'm gonna say i agree with jimmy no I'm like, why i've been wanting to talk a little bit let's, uh, if you agree with me i demand that you repeat it many times i agree i agree i agree jimmy i agree <laughs> 
All right. Can I ask Jimmy a question? Is about something else? Good. Okay, go for it. I intend to hijack the space for my own interests. I fucking love it. I love it. Hey, Jimmy, you were talking about DEXs earlier and your opinion on DEXs. That was specifically, were you, just to clarify, that was specifically about like Asian finance and and, uh, targeting the Asia. uh, Well, you see, I think we got to make a very clear distinction. Asset owners and users are different, right? The majority of users for game projects, which is the majority of on-chain activity for like non-DEX Non AMN. Jimmy, stuff. your words, your words to interrupt you. Sorry, uh, words that Asian people play games and they actually can't understand DEXs, and I found that a little offensive. Um, I would say most Asian people have less than four hundred dollars a month in salary. You know, most and Asian that, people. I do. Um, yeah, I would say that I'm pretty, uh, pretty aware of the. You're a pretty space. diverse daughter. Yeah, I know. I can tell. I'm a pretty diverse daughter. I would say. And the reason why I say that is because, um, you know, users for most games, of course, are in Asia as well. The majority of games are, are here. And the same thing could be said there, too. Right. So you have people who are making less than $400 a month and they only have a few hours of leisure time a, a day. And they're not going to spend a lot of time figuring out how not just the decks works. I didn't say they don't understand how the decks works. It's more like getting an Excel sheet out. And figuring out the impairment cost over time. Actually, you said the deck was too complicated. What you you said was that the decks was too complicated. Now, I would say the reward structures for dexes are inherently overly complicated, and I think in some ways make it like that. Well, I would say one of the reasons why it's overly complicated is because for who? Who are they overcomplicated for? I would say a lot of dexes are overly complicated because core teams make it like that to hide all the other stuff that goes on. No, I'm answering the question. I mean. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was part one of a two-part Cosmos Space Space, hosted by Cosmos Haas, Cosmos Scaling Solutions, Pylons, Evmos, and more. Recorded on Sunday, May 1st, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. When we blow through the dust, volcanoes erupt. No one ever guessed that the game would be tough. Keep it hands off when the play is a bust. Plain old and just, so we keep it on the one. Blast off on the two. Help me see the three. Third eye open wide, checking out the scene. Razor beam focused, Starscream jokers. Living off the fat of the people they approach. Tell me what happens when the land fights back. With the cliffs at our backs, make the last stand matter. No one ever planned for the famine on deck. We was walking all erect with the dead man swagger. Sitting in a little den, envisioning in the middle men. Listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty then. Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian. Lost in the maze, trying to make the next bubble billion. Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian. Lost in the maze, trying to make the next bubble billion. Little Dan envisioning the middle men Listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty then Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze trying to make the next No one gave a shit till the drugs all dried up Everybody died from a bad batch of Lysol But it didn't matter we was all hyped up When the pedal hit the metal he just didn't have the right skill Watched in the daytime till the night curfew Rats in a cage till they make time to murk you Got a little job that falls under my purview We gotta get this mob away from
from the bird's view. Gotta find cover, wipe off the bird poop, ride off the work while you try on the worst juice. Blinded by perps who try to reverse truth, slide like Fox News just trying to lie to you. Eating up the slop like a bunch of hungry vagrants. I can't wait for the day they lock us up in stasis. Mock up a basement, could call me resilient. Waiting for the internet to make me a billion. In the middle, men listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty, then talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian, lost in the maze, trying to make the next billion. Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian, lost in the maze, trying to make the next billion. Channel spaces. <laughs>